everyone, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the longest-running independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League esports in the European scene. I'm the Eternal J. I'm joined by Digital Bacon uh, for episode 75 of the fucking show, man. And I mean, I'm just going to preface this right now. It's been a really shitty week. Um, uh, I, my patience has really just fucking hit the hit like lowest levels ever. So I'm just going to be a fucking really snappy little bitch in this show, Bacon. Um, uh, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, more than more than ever before. You know, like the fucking like everything has happened this week that could have gone wrong and i'm just fucking just just so low on patience really how has your week been mate um my week was definitely much better the only thing was i may have uh this morning finally uh bitten nail and cut my hair jay Oh. <laughs> oh, you won't see us until thursday of course when we uh do blog um, have you gone the very full last one fucking? No, 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 no. I like bought clippers. Did it on the low, like what's the lowest set, the longest setting on the clippers? You know, to try and just do that. The the front, I'm really impressed with myself. Like the front is all fine. The back, which you're not going to be able to see on camera, is like a bomb fire. I reckon, um, because trying to do like a double mirror side just does not work. But I'm I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> It'll just be funny I'm- come around Thursday. Yeah, I, I'm curious now because like a part of me is semi concerned because like everyone's been going for the whole like you know cut my own hair thing and then everyone's just been doing like, the full like Steve Austin and I'm just like fuck me. Yeah. So you know like no, please, you look terrible. <laughs> so like <laughs> I was I, I was I was ho- I, I, I was scared that you've gone down that route. Before no, no, you no, haven't. No. So therefore, I, I think we can be happy that the you know we 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 we'll, we'll, we won't see that bullshit today. Anyway. <laughs> It's the 75th episode of the show, Bacon. We're 25 off the big 100, and uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know why it is, but it seems like every 25 episodes is just the cursed ones. I look back through the show notes, and there's just so much shit to talk about for each mm-hmm. of those ones, um, uh, and a lot of drama as well, which, of course, is uh, a part of the show today. We're talking about the uh, Richard Lewis and the effects drama, of course, to start off the show. Uh, as well as that, we're also talking about the roster shakeups and rumors in the scene as of late. Uh, as well as that, we're talking uh, about the Superstar League a little bit later on during the show as we go to great break down the first couple of weeks of action for that all here on the 75th episode of our aftershock so let's start with the news and i'll preface this by saying look if you don't want your perspective challenge today i recommend you turn off the show right now or just skip to the next timestamp um uh, because i've seen a lot of stubborn little bitches around this particular topic no one wants to be enlightened no one wants to debate anything um uh, which seems to be the case across the entire rocket league scene this week it's not just on this particular topic um uh, but you know i'm just saying right now if, if you're not willing to have a different perspective of things if you're not willing to listen and potentially debate that just skip because i can't be asked i really can't <laughs> Can't be fucked this week. <laughs> Richard Lewis versus Lee Fex. Um how the fuck do you start with this one? Uh, so basically, it's uh, it, it, it's a typical, for me at least, it's a typical level of, of Richard Lewis dealing with people who don't want to get informed sort of story. Um, uh, he tweets talking about this uh, uh, League of Legends drama uh, between uh, uh, TSM uh, and their employers, Doublelift and Lena. Doublelift plays for the team. Lena is their president. Um, uh, Doublelift and Lena are dating. Uh, and uh, re- re- very recently, a lot of journalists have been uh, calling that out as a very clear conflict of interest, which it absolutely is. Um, and uh, Leafex wanted to pipe up and ask him, uh, you know, why it is, uh, uh, why, what the problem is. And you can take a look at this thread if you want to. You know, it's the standard sort of back and forth between Richard and Leaf. Um, uh, and. <sighs> 
right, I'm going to start just by saying, look, if you're going to get involved in a conversation, like the least you could do is probably take a look at the basic materials surrounding that conversation so you can kind of get an understanding as what's going on. Because when all that material is already out there, I, I don't really feel like it's the right move to just pester and annoy the hell out of the individual that is the uh, reporter of that topic to <laughs> relink all those materials when two seconds of Google search could give you access to all that information. And that's probably the crux of this issue right here, because rather than take the moment to self-educate, um, uh, to me, it looks like Lee Fex basically just wasn't informed, didn't want to get informed. And as a result, just kept pestering Richard, who is already receiving hell for this just by the, the manner of stating TSM, uh, which is one of the worst fan bases in the world. You're probably getting a lot of shit already. So your fuse is probably going to be a little bit short. And uh, for me, that seems to be the main issue here. Mm -hmm. Is that Richard snapped, um, and, and rightfully so. I'm not going to debate the fact that he, uh, that, that whether he was right or wrong. Personally, I feel like he was. Uh, whether he should have been an arsehole, that's up to you to decide. Personally, exactly. I don't think that's the case. Um, uh, uh, but, but the bottom line is that Leafex got blocked. And then the massive shitstorm hit the rest of the Rocket League scene because suddenly everyone started getting blocked because they started to agree with Leafex. And Richard being Richard and him having his own personal account decided, I'm just going to block you all because I can't be arsed with this shit. Um, uh, and uh, basically, it went on a big rampage of everybody tweeting, uh, everybody going at uh, go, going at Richard, basically saying, "Hey, I, I've been blocked. I've been blocked. Wait, I've been blocked. I've been blocked. I've been blocked. I've been blocked." And it's like you know, uh, yeah, fucking the, the, the Rocket League scene being absolute fucking dribbling idiots. Basically, it, 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 it just it came like a meme. Me. Like it was back in the day. You remember with uh, stuff like I remember Drama Alert posting whoever <laughs> of the casters or pro players had blocked them. It felt like it was more of a status symbol that you've been blocked by Richard Lewis in this case. It, it was very it's not, odd, by the way. It absolutely <laughs> fucking isn't. He's a one man. He's not exactly a politician or a world leader or anything like that. He's a dude who just reports the fucking news, gives his opinion sometimes, sometimes a controversial opinion, but an opinion nonetheless. And since we all value opinions, apparently, we should, you know, hear him out and listen. No, 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 no. Um, that, that's not what happened at all. I went on his podcast uh, by the numbers and said that Rocket League are uh, the, the latest driveling, deranged fan base to come at him, uh, which actually was the thing that kind of got me because I saw um, uh, a Virtuoso tweet about this saying, uh, you know, Rocket League aren't driveling, aren't driveling idiots. They aren't deranged at all. And I'm just like, when you've got all these people fucking <laughs> tweeting the same shit, Richard Lewis has blocked me party, Richard Lewis is over party, like... To reply here if Richard blocked you. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert. You know, I have my own mental illnesses myself, but I'm no expert. That seems a little bit like it's fucking deranged, you know? <laughs> just, just, just entertain the idea that maybe he might have a point, you know? Just, 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 just think about it like that. Because to me, it seems a little bit fucking deranged. I mean, every little, every community has a little subset of people like that, we have to say. So I can understand <laughs> where Virtuoso is coming from, but Jay, you know, from Counter-Strike, you get the same sort of people. Same with League of Legends, all of that sort of lot. So just rest well, it on the there. Thing, right? That's the thing, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't believe the Virtuoso is a deranged individual. I don't think actually most of the people that I interacted with on this particular topic are deranged or otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, salty or anything like that. I think they're actually pretty educated and, and, and well sort of, uh, um, you know, well spoken individuals you know and, and i've had those, those my debates with those people and you know we've had some you know back and forth about it but i also think if you're not one of those people then it might just be a good idea to have the intelligence to realize that when he's talking about the rocket league mm. fan base are deranged he's not applying to you the smart intellectual who doesn't 
have shit about, you know, that doesn't post shit about getting blocked on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like it, there's a bit, little bit of common sense that probably needs to be applied mm. to certain uh, to certain bits of these because honestly, like when you're talking about generalizations, like I always constantly say that Reddit are fucking idiots, which they are. It's like, but that does not mean that you who browses Reddit is a fucking idiot. If you're listening to this show, I think you're one of the good guys, you know? Like you probably you probably don't stay, stay stuff like Sandrock are the best team in the world and make that stupid thread that fortunately got downvoted to all hell, which highlighted a 2v2 uh, a 2v2 match where it was like Sandrock won it and it was like to explain the dominance of Sandrock gaming and how they're the best team in the world take a look at this Johnny Boy VOD and it's like you know shit like that is who we refer to when we talk about stuff like being mm. deranged and idiots and idiot and in, in, in being an idiot or whatever have you whatever sort of like you know generalization you want to make those are the people we're talking about we're not talking about the average person because honestly the average person is pretty reasonable and if you got caught up in this and you think you're pretty reasonable just maybe rethink your position from here if you're blocked by Richard, I'm sorry that that's, that's happened to you. Maybe you might get a redemption arc. I was blocked by Richard once, you know, at one point. Oh, because you I were was, following uh, some Overwatch caster yeah, or whatever. That, that, that's basically his, what it was. Like, yeah, you know, Richard I, blocks more people than he follows. Like, that's oh, just absolutely. a straight up fact. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point, based so. off of that little number. I mean, maybe it might be true. I mean, I can't, I haven't got any evidence to back that up. But like, the bottom line is that maybe you might have your redemption arc. And if you do get that redemption arc, maybe just take a look back on this moment and think, was I being 100% reasonable? Because I think there were a lot of people that absolutely weren't. And I'm happy to call those people out because fucking hell, man. This week, the Rocket League scene all the whole have just been fucking new levels of absolute idiocy like you know that, that rich lewis thread was just the start of it uh, there was one guy um uh, uh, a guy called marco who is somebody i don't know like you know he's just he basically he basically turned around to me basically by saying like you know i have no idea right to call anyone deranged because i look like the big show after four months in the wilderness which is always you know the, the highest level on the hierarchy of disagreement you know and that name calling <laughs> and insulting appearances is just refuting the central point at all isn't it um mm. uh, you know which um uh, you know, i have I had my good response to that, but it's just like, you know, just idiots like that is who the fuck I'm talking about when I mention these things. And Reddit themselves have also seemed to be just on a fucking new level of it because obviously they bought that thread um, uh, that went up there, which was that video that highlighted sort of what was going on, even though it really wasn't. It was just some guy being really fucking stupid and posting the same video on every single subreddit in the hopes of the Reddit clout. And we were the only community that bought that clout. Like, come on, guys. I expected us to be a little bit better than just to, 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 to buy the basics and, you know, look past things. Cause that's what I thought Rocket League were. Like we all, we all act like we're high and mighty. Like we are all, you know, involved in this big scene and we are all fucking experts. But then as soon as someone comes along and says, you know, Richard, Richard Lewis is a, is a bully and everyone just says, Oh yeah, sure. Because he insulted Leafex. Guys, remember Leafex was the guy who stepped off originally and Leafex was the guy that didn't bother to get informed. I will say, though, on that topic, like, the replies, Richard didn't help himself. Like, he was very blunt, and like you said, he sort of snapped at it. So there's also that aspect of Richard should have just, like, not replied at all after the first one, just stepped away. But I mean, everyone gets those moments. You know Here's it. the thing, right? I, I think Richard can do whatever the hell he wants. I don't care. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't going to get involved originally. I don't agree with his particular uh, with his particular behavior, but at the end of the day, it's his Twitter, it's his thread, it's his timeline, it's his tweet. He can do whatever the hell he likes as far as I'm concerned. And that includes blocking everybody, yeah. um, uh, which, which, you know, like that, that that's just the way it rolls. You know, you can block anybody who you want, who you think is being an arsehole or otherwise insulting and 
he has the same he has the same rights to that on his own particular timeline. And Richard doesn't give a fuck, right? You know, his arrogance that he that he posts up is mostly just a bait, as far as I'm aware. Like, you know, he just doesn't care about what you think about him. And um, uh, like, you know, it, even though it might seem like what people call a man child, the truth of the matter is, is that he's just playing up to it to me, as far as I mean, as far as I know, At you know, as far day, as I can see. Martin. It's good oh, for his brand. Absolutely, Look at absolutely is. Absolutely is like you know, and and you fucking idiots took the bait again <laughs> on Reddit and on Twitter. Like, come on, guys! Like, you know, be a bit smarter. Like, it's it's it's, it's basic, right? And again, everyone thinks they're fucking smart. You know, they just buy this shit every single time. It's fucking stupid. Um, it, even today, actually, so the last couple of days, I was having a debate about some with somebody who also believes that they're very, very smart uh, uh, about the way that they they handle Rocket League stuff. Um, uh, I think he was having, I think he was uh, in agreement um, uh, with the whole uh, Richard Lewis thing. Um, and obviously, me and him had a crack at each other and read it for a completely different topic, which I won't get into today. But if you if you find that exchange, it really highlights exactly how stupid people can be um really really fucking stupid people can be yep i i have no more because i just look at this and go it's just silly i want to move on to the next one jay yes uh, i think it was a bit too uh, a bit too uh, big to ignore though because like mm, you know just the, the, just the, the factor of, of, of who richard is and obviously with everything that that happened obviously the entire community fucking lit on fire and you know just just a bit of self-perspective just to say look now that we've all calmed down a little bit can we just reflect and have a look exactly what it is that we just fought for and what exactly it is we lost and gained in this particular fight because personally I, I don't think that you know we we succeeded in anything all in all anyway you can't succeed in anything with that sort of thing. You know, it's just people shouting at each other. You're not going to get anywhere. Okay, small insert into the original show since, uh, well, uh, we didn't re- we recorded this on Tuesday afternoon. And, of course, this particular story came out on Tuesday night. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, about the seeding for Fusion Bacon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, look, right. Oh, fucking hell. Like, where do we start with this shit? Where the fuck do we start with this shit? The problem we've got right now is we don't enjoy shitting on Fusion. Like, it it definitely seems like we do, but we don't. Realistically, we want the best for this tournament, but just one thing after the other keeps on stacking up, Jay. And we look at this and go, "I, I guess it's getting a little bit more gimmicky heavy, but that doesn't, like, fix the problem across the whole thing, does it? No, it doesn't. And as soon as this hit the fucking uh, scene, as soon as the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 results here, you know, from the uh, uh, from, mm-hmm. from the bracket uh, came out, like everyone looked at this whole thing and was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, because the seedings seem very, very fucking suspicious, don't they? Really really fucking suspicious first seed Renault Vitality second seed Dignitas okay that's pretty no fair mm-hmm. third seed Sandrock oh nope. do, do, do you wonder why I talk about conflict of interest on this fucking show <laughs> do you ever wonder why it is it bothers me the fact that there are sponsors owning teams in their own fucking tournaments does it ever wonder you why these things get a little bit concerning for me do you ever wonder what else is going on behind the scenes that we might not be aware about from the but public Jay, surface but Jay the European Invitational buddy Samrock Gaming came runners up <laughs> fuck you <laughs> if you if you're using that as a fucking excuse as to why this is a is this is a real thing, then just fuck off, will you? 
Just fuck <laughs> off, will you? You are fucking deluded. You are stupid. Get out of my fucking conversation. Furthermore, I realize that people are saying that Oakley and Ahmed are the best ones and twos players in the world. Firstly, there aren't enough twos competitions to fucking say that. Okay, it seems like everyone's basing their fucking things off of the fucking um, uh, off the fucking rankings that we have in 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 the rank system, which seems to be the the basis for everything in this fucking uh, scene. Apparently, it's like, hold on, when was that ever part into esports in any other scene? Right, and it's like Oakley being the best one v one player. Okay, he won Salt Mine. Okay, what else? You know, he fucking lost to Jorahs the other day. He won against Revzy, Re- Re- Revzy, who, you know, has not been in the picture for a fucking significant player ever. Like, what the fuck? What's the fucking justification mm. here? You know, like, you know, what, what is the justification of having this team be so high above the likes of Mouse Sports, who have fucking, you know, the best, uh, the, the, one of the most highest potential threes players, the three, threes teams in the world, right? None of them have a 1v1 basis. You're saying they got knocked down because none of them are play 1v1s. Well, that's Singularity with Scrub Killer, the winner of both of the fucking 12 Titans tournaments, the biggest and the best and the highest caliber 1v1s tournaments in the world. Is that irrelevant because it's too old, yeah? Yeah. Well, salt mine happened in December. That's well over five months ago. I consider that very fucking old in my book. Like, what's the mm-hmm. justification here? No one has given me a legitimate reason other than just a generic, they're the best 1v1 and 2v2 players, okay? Like, come on. Come the fuck on. Like, what the hell is this shit? This is absolute bollocks. And it speaks volumes. Even if mm-hmm. there is a legitimate reason and system behind this whole thing, it doesn't matter that there is one, right? Because the fucking sponsor of the tournament is Sandrock Gaming. It's in Civic, right? What is the chances that he's fucking asked Johnny to put this as high as he really has, okay? That is the problem here. The fact that I'm asking this question is the problem with this tournament, okay? It doesn't matter what justification you want to put behind seedings and 2v2s and 1v1s, which, by the way, who the hell should say 1v1 and 2v2 should have equal seeding and equal parity to 3v3, which is the de facto game mode of the entire fucking game and the entire esport. You don't see any other significant tournament worth their salt that's not run by johnny boy be in 1v1 or 2v2 so what is this fucking excuse then so jay as well again just straight from johnny boy what you don't realize is that this is not 3v3s this is a crew battle that does not justify this the idea being that yes it's split across all three i can understand the 1v1 aspect because you do have a little bit of basis off but still there with samrock gaming third seed like you said when you look at spring series just gone on by samrock mm. if samrock were temp cj i think both me and you could look at that and probably go yeah sure we'll allow oh, yeah absolutely you know like, like that if we're gonna wait, a problem if we're gonna wait 1v1 and 2v2 into the factory seed and absolutely i think 10th seed is a very very fair sort of seeding for samrock gaming right mm. But you're taking a look at adding a seeding and giving it so much parity to, to players that don't really have any fucking, uh, you know, basis in 1v1 and 2v2. How many of these teams have competed in 2v2? Like the best thing you're probably looking at is something along the lines of fucking, um, what, what's that tournament? The Universal one that got run in America. The Universal Open, Open right? Please. How many of those how, how many of those teams are still together to this day? And I mean those duos mm-hmm. in particular, right? How many? The fucking none. There were none of them. Mongus and Mets and Aris were the complexity side that came third, and that did so, so well. Greasy and Scrub Killer were part of that girl side, which, of course, is no longer a thing. Greasy Meister is retired straight up. 
Like what, what, what? What's the basis here for the two v two scene? Mm-hmm. Oh, what they had that one show match against France where they did pretty well. The one that was worth a hundred fucking dollars. Yeah, great, significant <laughs> results, guys. It, well, it's just Ooh. such a small bubble that you can't have it. That's just a show match. Show matches should never be taken on interceding unless there is a relevant scene around them to be able to pull that off if we did like you know a full on put countries together which funnily enough the players like were together in 2v2 say let's take canyons with uh, Zamway and stake and they were the 2v2 team for spain going up against the 2v2 team for the uh middle east i'm just going to say uh saudi arabia am i correct uh yep and then you're going up against 2v2 team of uh vitality which happens to be france if you were able to stack them out in that and it came along to teams then yes that would be applicable but that has not happened has it no it hasn't and that's the problem okay like you know like it's fucking so so out of whack this whole thing everyone's trying to justify Mm -hmm. it by saying they're the best 1v1 and 2v2 players in in the world it's like what basis do you have to work that with the fucking ranks no Mm. i don't sorry i don't i I don't buy it for a second that okal is the best 1v1 player in the world he's no longer undefeated in his 1v1s by the way joris just took that title the other day again he beat them in a fucking show match in february He's not again, one on the uh, leaderboard as of, as of last night when I checked, Jay. So, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, like even even your own fucking arguments are mm. are, are completely invalid in this conversation. And, and I'm even, just looking at this like, go on. Mm. I was going to say, even then, it's not just Sad Rock we're blasting this at. Like, I know for that aspect, but just seeding as a whole, when you look at teams like, let's just point out Source currently 11th seed, a lot Tigra and Magnus with OSM as their fourth, purely brought on in for those ones, by the way. Like, there is no doubt about that because the other three would just get trounced by any other player in this tournament in ones. Then I don't understand the seeding across the board. When you've got RL or RS, um, you know, past gone season, Celestial and Savet Geneva, 23rd, 24th seed, getting beaten on out by the likes of, uh, let's just say, Stormtroopers. Don't get me wrong, happy for Polar, apparently Jack and Dead Monster, but what is this basis all on? It makes no sense at all, does it? No, it doesn't, you know? Like, i just looking at this fucking shit, like, come on, you know? Like, I, I can understand where you want to come from in terms of arguing for the 1v1 and 2v2 side of things, but, like... I just, I just don't get how this gives Sandrock even that much of an advantage. Right? I understand putting them pretty high if you're going to use 1v1 and 2v2. And again, I respect that prospect. But 10th seed is the highest I could ever see Sandrock Gaming going. Even then, I'd put Singularity probably in, in fourth or third position. Maybe move Mouseports up to the third place area. The idea, that this has, the, the, the idea that 1v1 and 2v2 has so much parity in this case, right? When there are so little <laughs> results to go off of, right? And everyone seems to be saying, well, the only result we have to work with Sandrock is TEI. Okay, that doesn't fucking mean anything. Quality control, the only result that they've got is fucking Superstar League. Does that count? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it fucking doesn't. Those teams, you put them down low because of the fact they have not got any significant results. And don't tell me TEI was fantastic and amazing and oh, it's such a such a uh, you know such a, a bastion of prestige and an incredible sort of level of play in the Rocket League space, mates. Mates, the teams came half out the and teams said weren't trying. They didn't care. Exactly. That, yeah. Right. And and, I know, and, and people are going to take this clip and they're going to be like, oh look, no, you you fucking too salty. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is a legit thing. Like we said, players have already said they don't care about TEI, a tournament that has less prize pool than last place in the Rocket League scene in the RLCS fucking tournament has no parity whatsoever. I'm sorry, <laughs> go fuck off. On on the flip note though, 
I'm one quite surprised and two very happy that even the top teams are signing up for this. Like I know it's money on the line. There's nothing on the line, um, nothing going around at the moment. But this for me, I was actually surprised that a lot of these top teams would actually take time out of their like scrimming schedules to go along for this tournament. Considering it, yes, it is 25k, but the way you earn that 25k is a very roundabout way, and you're not really getting that. I think we looked in the best case scenario is about 7k for some of these teams which most of the time 7k and even well that would probably end up about half a uh, month's salary for some of the bigger players uh, going on here so you know we're, we're happy that they're still wanting to compete in this another problem though jay for me is when you look at say veloce and barcelona 13th, 14th seed because they're playing with subs or a stand-in for Barca, Veloce bringing on in Archie, yet they're behind, you know, Tree of a Kind, Source, Canyons, all of that. I look at Veloce and go, if anything, that could be quite a sideways upgrade. I think they should stay within the top 10 quite easily. But the fact that it's pushed them so far back, I can understand Barca a little bit because Seed doesn't have much of a class about himself because he hasn't played in top end. But I mean, still, let's put it this like, way. Let's, no let's put it this way. Consistency. This, this Veloce lineup is better than Oxygen Esports. Okay, like, come on. Uh, yeah, you know? easily. Like you know, that, that and and and, the, and these inconsistencies across the board seem to scream a fucking conflict of interest, right? You know, this is the reason why I talk about this because the fact mm. we're even asking this question is the problem here. Okay, <laughs> it's not the fact that it was enacted. It's not the fact that it. it it's not the fact that it, I have irrefutable proof that proof that it was enacted. It's the fact that we're questioning whether or not it was enacted in the first place. It was the same problem with TEI when Sandrock magically came second place. All in all, right. The fact that I have to ask, is something going on here? Is the problem with this tournament, okay? And based off of this, based off the fact I haven't seen a good explanation or good metrics or good results or good anything as to why this seeding is the way that it is, I have every reason to believe this is corrupt as fuck. But every single reason in the fucking world, because I've seen this before. I've seen this before in Counter-Strike, and I'm not going to fucking stand by and say, everything's all hunky-dory. This is absolutely fair. They've got their own basis for seedings because that's the way the tournament works. <laughs> if we're going to talk about fucking rigging it in, in favor of certain teams, think about the argument that everyone's making. A Sandrock are the best 1v1 and 2v2 team in the world. Okay, if that's the basis of your whole thing, then doesn't that mean the format is therefore rigged in this qualifier, yeah? Because let's think about this. First match is 1v1, second match is 2v2, third match is 3v3, fourth match is player's choice. So therefore, by your own logic, because Sandrock are the best 1v1 and 2v2 player in duo in the world, that means that they should win those first two games, just fucking tank the 3v3, then just select 1v1 and 2v2 for game four and win every match by that perspective, right? And based on the mm -hmm. bracket that they have as a result of this seeding, I wouldn't be surprised. Dignitas and Rano Vitality have harder brackets than these guys do. Come on. Come on. It is all very questionable. And but Jay, on the counterpoint, how can this be so, you know, Middle East focus and bias when the other two Middle Eastern teams are there as the bottom two seeds. Well, look, to their credit, they've given those guys fuck all because they've done fuck all, okay? Like you said, I've never heard of these two teams, okay? <laughs> right? There's no excuse for that. And to be honest, I, I, to, given the chance, I think they would have probably tried to put Sandrock at the top end of the space because, well, at that point, at that point, you might as well just fucking throw away the 3v3s because Sandrock got second place in TEI. That must work, right? There you go. Best 1v1 and 2v2 and second best 3v3 team in the world. I'm surprised they didn't go for that fucking argument. I think if they did, people would have called out on their bullshit which is the reason why they're getting away with it right now 
And poor, poor people who have dared <laughs> say, look, oh, maybe this might be a bit of a bad thing. Like John, aka always, a Reddit mod, his fucking karma has been wrecked because he fucking called it out. He went on Reddit and he was like, look, no, 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 no. Why is Sandrock third? Why is Source 11th? Why is Velocia and FCB down in 13th and 14th? You know, same logic of Triple Trouble and Celestial, who are in 22nd and 23rd. Well, straight right? up, Singularity, the team that beat Sandrock in the finals of TI, are seeded below them. How does that add up? Oh, the 1v1s of Okalib. Scrub Killer's there. You know, like, it makes no sense at all, does it? The logic is completely flawed. And of course, all the Johnny Boy fans have had it around him because he was like, you do realize this is crew battles and not 3v3. Okay, then, John, how about this? You release the scening sheet. Show us, show the whole world, show the whole world exactly how you put these scenes up together or how your team put these whole scenes up together because this screams of ass poor. And I refuse to acknowledge the Fusion Tournament until you do so, until we see exactly how this is completely fair and impartial and has complete parity across the whole space. Once you do that, I will concede my point. I will do it. I'm fucking serious, mate. I will do it. And so will most of the other people in the scene, mm. right? Because let's be real here, John. That is the reality of the situation, okay? You have not shown any results to anything whatsoever. When we think about play-ins and other tournaments that we all, you know, go for when it comes to open qualifiers and other such things like that, usually when it comes to a big bracket, the seeds are released, right? Think about every other tournament under the sun. You usually get some sort of metadata or justifying information, and we all complain about the seeds because usually they're seeded very wrong, blah, 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 blah. But the point is that that's there, and you can at least use that as a basis of the argument here. There's no logic behind these fucking seedings, right? You seem to have just picked out whatever you think is the best team in the world. And prove me wrong, please. Prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. I beg you. I beg you to prove me wrong at this stage because I would absolutely love to be proven wrong in this case because I want more tournaments and I want to be proven wrong because I really want this fucking thing to succeed. But as it stands right now, I'm not going to cover this. I'm not going to cover this because it screams of arse poor and it screams of corruption. And until you prove me wrong, sorry, not getting on my show. I will fucking, I will fucking run a <laughs> bot league tournament on, on, on Aftershock to fill content for the next two weeks, right? Do you fucking think I'm joking? I'm not. <laughs> that would provide a much more competitively integral tournament than this shit fucking does. I, I end of conversation? Yep, okay. end of conversation. Well, let you me send you back there. into the fucking main <laughs> show. I believe the next thing we're talking about is the letter of grievances. I don't fucking know where I'm going to put this in the show. Bottom line, this is bullshit. As seems to be the rest of the Rocket League scene. Happy fucking Easter. The shouting only gets louder as there have been other shouts uh, going on to... I mean, other shouts going on in the rest of the esports industry. Of course, uh, the uh, the report that came out from the esports observer uh, by a man called Kevin Hitt, uh, a, a true uh, a, a true journalist, um, a guy that I've been interacting with in previous times. Uh, he was going to run a story about a particular uh, CS:GO organization who I was involved with, who uh, were, were absolute scumbags. Uh, didn't end up running it for whatever reason, but uh, it is what it is. But he makes this report that the esports observer had obtained a letter sent to Samux on behalf of thirteen Rocket League Championship Series teams, seeking to address a list of grievances regarding the handling and administration practices surrounding the RLCS. Now, you can go ahead and read the content of that letter because um, uh, I, I think that, honestly, if you want to know exactly the state that we're in, like that, that article pretty much sums it up because this has not surprised me for the longest time ever. And when this came out, I was like, yep, <laughs> that's it you know of course it's going to fucking happen that's just the way that things go in the Rocket League esports space yeah and I love this like this was quite an interesting one because 
I remember seeing this as well posted towards the esports Reddit, like the subreddit there. And a lot of people like just looking at this, some people just going, so the orgs want more control. Others going, yeah, this is pretty much reasonable because it's how other orgs run. Uh, a lot of people looking at this and saying like the orgs wanting more control is that them trying to ask for a franchise league? Not necessarily because of course what they're revealing in this article, for example, is very vague and around, but just the main points of it. It's just basically the orgs come together and go Sonics. You've got to tell us what you're doing. We know from other sources that the Orcs right now, with no clear idea what is coming up in the next few weeks, are very antsy. And they, they in a world where we are right now, you got to think with COVID, probably going to be a financial crisis afterwards. They've got to make sure that their money is going to good use. Everything in Rock League right now is being done at a loss. So... Quite rightly, all the orgs teaming up are looking at uh, trying to get something from Sonix, especially after the epic acquisition last summer, and going, what are you guys doing? We believe in your product. We believe in Rocket League. But right now, we don't believe in you. That's the thing, right? Like, let that echo. Doesn't that not echo the community sentiments here? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that echo our own sentiments here on this show? Like, we've constantly said, look, we believe in Rocket League, but the one organization, the one entity that needs to step it up and fucking, you know, do something about it is the entity that's now being held account by the organizations that's supporting them in the first place. And they're right to do so because mm-hmm. the thing about this article is that it highlights something that we've been hinting at for a while now is that. Not even the organizations at the top end of the scene know where we're going in the Rocket League esports space. Like no insider into the scene knows anything about what's going on. We've talked about screenshots that we've received from the internal professional Discord about you know organizations who have uh, who, who have wanted to get out and, and, and organizations who have been uh, setting on the idea of, of getting out. Um, you know, all, all, all sorts of different uh, bits and pieces like that. Um, and, like, you know, we, we've had intimations for the longest time, and now this is it being officially fucking put out there. Like, I don't doubt that Kevin Hitt's uh, article uh, is any sort of, like, uh, you know... Uh, it has any sort of, like, inaccuracies to it. I think he's a, a reputable journalist, all things considered. Um, mm. And for me, it seems very believable based off the stuff that I've heard behind the scenes. Because, again, organizations have wanted out for the longest time. We've seen... In the last year, several orgs leave the scene. Like, think about who we used to have in the scene. Fanatic, Complexity, just two of the main examples. Envy just rejoined after a massive hiatus. And even then, I don't even know if they're going to stick around because they're not getting their franchise in which they want so bad. You know, like, all, all, all this stuff is um, uh, are, are factors to consider when you think about, hey, has this not been coming up for a long time? And it absolutely has. Um, this doesn't surprise me whatsoever here, Bacon. It really doesn't. No, and my best like point to make as a response by uh veloce cam um he's the talent manager over at uh veloce so he'll be the one looking after the team and just straight from his uh tweet i want to say a lot more about this especially after reading the comments but my better judgment says that that would be a bad idea so i'll just say this every brand involved every org he means wants to help make this uh, make this esport reach its potential but the severity of this cannot be neglected that's a dude that knows near enough try and keep this behind doors and that's why this letter was never made public before you know it's just it's probably right now from my knowledge this letter was sent a fair bit ago and it's only sort of like being prodded towards you know a report outlet like a esports observer where it's just that sort of trying to 
bring it to the masses, try and push it a little bit further within a certain set agreement of what Esports Observer could say on that article and keep it well on the wraps because this is something which Sonix is not responding to him about. It's been known for ages that it could take months for them to respond to orgs, to, you know, interested parties. And that is not good enough at all. That's not even like respectful in a lot of sense where they're just completely blanked for that period of time. And so for this right now, where the orgs want to stay in, because like we said, that they value what Rocket League could be. And everyone can see that it could, it has the potential to be the biggest esport in the world. But at the moment, it's not going to be able to reach that. It's just going to, near enough stagnating what it currently is and, and, that and there's constant everyone. yeah and there's constant interest from you know entities looking outside into you know uh, what's going on in the scene and you know it, the people that are interested like you know just the other day i was actually speaking to uh, uh, uh one of my point of contacts for a certain tournament organizer who i won't name for various reasons mm-hmm. uh, basically asking hey can i have a point of contact for uh, for, for rocket league because we're interested in running a rocket league tournament and you are you know a pretty big caster there well i'm not that big but you know uh, to their perspective it seems like i was big but they asked me, hey, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just leveraging our contacts here. Can you send us somebody? I'm like, yeah, well, here's your guy. But good fucking luck getting any sort of contact out of him was was basically the, the way I had to respond because they were asking how, how how easy is it to get something set up uh, in Rocket League? I'm like, it's not fucking easy at all. You mm-hmm. know, like from, from, a, from a community perspective, we have struggled for the longest time ever because of the fact that Sonics takes so long to communicate shit. You know, all the stuff that they promised in terms of the progression of the scene has fucking gone by and it is not really... Um, it is not really uh, allowed for any sort of big growth in that respect. And it's like, you know, when I got other entities that want to get involved in, in, in doing stuff in the space, like they, they, they basically got no way in because it's so impossible to get stuff out of Sonics. It's so impossible to run third party tournaments because of their heavy restrictions on the schedule, their heavy sort of emphasis on, you know, first party tournaments only and third party tournaments are only for communities and shit. And, you know, obviously with COVID-19, it's not really helping on the situation, but, like we said, this is the perfect chance to allow some other people to take the reins and for the scene to grow in the space where all eyes will be on us. You know, like again, like as mm-hmm. I mentioned in the past few shows, we've been on ESPN, we've been on the BBC, we've been on so much big syndication platforms that before esports never had access to. And that's all down to the belief in the game and how easy Rocket League can be to understand so, for the casual audience. And even so, despite that, when it comes to people coming in to invest, it's impossible to make it happen. So I find it quite funny as well. So let's talk about that ESPN broadcast uh, purely because that was the NA Spring uh, series. And what was put out on that, Jay, we know from, and I mean, one between us, and then I've uh, spoke to two other uh, production companies where they've looked at that broadcast alone and gone, shit, this is what they're putting out on ESPN. We can make a much better product. And now they're trying to hunt for something because this is what Sionics are promoting to the big times. And other production companies around Europe are suddenly going, oh shit, we can get into this. This is the level it's at. We can make a much better product and actually take this to sponsors. But again, that's them seeing it just from a complete blank state, not knowing the Rock League scene. So I'm hoping best of luck to those guys if they can somehow break on through. But that just shows that without the knowledge Rocket League, all these orgs now looking into it are suddenly, and all these production companies looking into it are suddenly going, shit, let's jump on this. So right now should be a massive period of growth coming up for Rocket League. But do we think that's going to happen? No. 
and again, this this article, this uh, letter does not inspire a lot of uh, hope to that. And I mean, you know, no. there's been a lot of conversations surrounding this. Most of it has been towards the growth of the scene. Another one of those conversations that have been thrown about, especially if you were there on the Reddit thread, was the idea of franchising. Now, I mean, we've already explained our our, our, our perspective here, um, uh, uh, and, and and you know, we've already talked and debated about this in the past because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we we we'd like to talk about uh, Rocket League esports, and this has been one of those hot button hot, hot button talking topics that have been there for basically the entire fucking uh, uh you know uh, for the entire scene and um uh, uh you know obviously that's the first thing that crops up whenever they talk about uh, org ownership of the spots in rlcs which is um uh, uh something that was hinted to in the letter and people keep saying hey you know um uh, the uh, the orgs want to get franchising going and it's like um uh, no, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> let's, let's clarify that part first. Like, you know, and, and, and as well as that, I want to lead on to a conversation that we had the other day um, uh, in respect to um, uh, one of the mailbag questions we got about the two thirds rule. Um, uh, and actually, I want to just loop that back into this because the point that they're asking for in this letter is to have organizations own the spots in RLCS and RLRS, thereby abolishing the two thirds rule in which two thirds of a roster need to stay together in order to retain their spot into next season and have that transfer ownership to the organization owning the spot which of course does mean that there's no roster restrictions that all can fill whatever team that they want and they'll still be so they'll, but they'll still be uh, sub, uh, uh, subject to the promotion relegation system that we currently have in place now whilst i do not feel like this is the right move to make i can completely respect the organization side mm-hmm. of things here because like let's be real what do they have um you know like when it comes to roster moves it's very impossible to do anything like that uh you know because obviously the fact you can only make one roster move per per off season at best you know unless you want to just completely scrap the whole thing and try again to get through rival series and then through championship which could be a decent idea if you have the money to expend on you know like you know severance uh, costs and you know more contracts negotiations and such which has just become such an expensive endeavor especially for for rocket league and you know considering the uh uh the uh, the, the the money output that a lot of these uh, organizations are giving like you know one of the numbers that was quoted in the article was forty thousand dollars for a team's salary it's like you know that's that's not a, a far gone conclusion guys like we've heard of numbers that reach those sort of like numbers in the past you know like it was just the other day i know um, two teams that have that amount quite easily yeah yeah, easily. So, and, you know, and then you've got to think about buyout costs as well, because, you know, that's another factor you've got to consider. Like the other day, we were, uh, was it uh, a few months ago, we reported that um, uh, uh, one of the buyout costs for one of the North American teams was in the range of six figure numbers. And that that's absolutely the case in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if certain uh, players have even more like, you know, like, you know, we're probably talking about what, 500K ish maybe for Turbo Pulsar. That's I don't have any insights on that, but just based on the numbers that I've been hearing, that's a good estimate and a decently accurate estimate for his contract buyout for NRG, you know, and considering it's NRG, that might even go even higher than that. So when you're talking about the number, <laughs> the amount of money being thrown about here, I sympathize with the position, even if I don't agree with it per se. Um, you know, I think that, you know, when it comes to, you know, stuff like organizations owning the roster, then what happens about teams that don't own uh, or aren't part of an organization? What happens then? How does that hard work get put into it? How can we stop stuff like, you know, one particular player just, you know, you know, ball uh, you know uh, gaming the system and managing to get the his teammates kicked off in, in replacement of a, of a new project to try and stay in the RLCS so you know like, how do we stop those issues coming into play when it mm. comes to organization ownership is the next step to the argument but you know 
Again, that, that, those are the reasons why I disagree with it. Um, uh, but again, I completely sympathize with how organizations see it from their perspective. Yeah, and if anything, with the attitude of Rocket League players, especially with the age of it, Jay, I personally want the Orcs to have more control over teams, not in a franchise league in any single way. But from what they're saying where they're in the spot, when you look, every single offseason, it seems like every team has to make a transfer, bar like, let's say, eight of the 10 RLCS teams make a transfer. For the Orcs, that is a costly affair, because like you said, buyout clauses, all of that. And the Orcs aren't making that decision. The players are. To the point of, it was even, um, we'll talk about this later, but with Playx, right there for BDS, his teammates made that decision. The Org just afterwards had to go, oh shit, this is happening. I, I guess he's off the team now. The orgs don't have any control of that, and that is a massive no-no, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, that is, I think you could spin that as a, as a, as a point to the favor of the organization in that respect, because mm. at that yeah. point, they have a little bit more power over the organization's roster, uh, which I think absolutely should be the case. But I think you can there's, there's better ways to do that than just do organization ownership or, 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 or spot ownership for the org. Well, you, you um, just keep, say, the two, not two-thirds, like let's include uh, the bench as well, the subs, because we've seen in recent history that subs with RG on mouse is actually a very important factor to have. You say two out of the four have to remain including the sub player and that's um, in, like implemented alongside the orcs having the uh ownership of the spot i feel like that is fairly reasonable mm. Uh, if you want, by the way, a bit more detail onto the franchising thing, uh, then if you go to the thread in the Rocket League Esports subreddit, um, and if you scroll down a little bit, I have a response to Armed Bubble about his uh, a question about, you know, why everyone makes out the franchising is bad, uh, which was the smarter of the debates that I've had this week, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, he actually accepted his position and actually, you know, had an open enough mind to be enlightened by his perspective. And I think he's going to move forward uh, in, in a much better perspective in that respect. But if you want to go ahead and find that, it's going to be, you know, somewhere in the response to the Reddit thread. I do want to focus in on the top comment, though, as of the moment here because it is actually from cloud fuel uh, obviously we all know who cloud fuel is uh, twitch esports former manager of the rlcs and uh, his response here was surprisingly optimistic about this whole thing obviously everyone's been sort of like singing the the, the fucking the end is nigh ringing the bells sort of thing <laughs> about you know rocket league esports but he was actually talking about how this type of letter was sent before in 2019 when josh watson was the head of uh, esports um uh, he's, he's actually stepped away from the esports team entirely which is a uh, headline that kind of slipped underneath our radar i had no fucking idea that that was no the case that uh, which probably limits us down back to like maybe three people in the esports team which is fucking concerning now um but you know apparently according to him with the conversations that he's had it sounds like things are improving with psionics um and while i, I while i do see that obviously you know veloce had their uh the cam had his sort of thing veloce uh you know he had boy and weighing in on his particular thoughts and they want as uh, you know as, as optimistic as this I wanted to know, Bacon, like, have you got any insights into this whole fucking, uh, on what Cloudfuse talking about here? Or is this just, you know, like, what, what's, what's the damage here? Like, you know, so what, what's me, the situation? The optimism, I think, is alongside the lines of them handing over control of productions at any rate to teams like DreamHack running the whole of Spring series. Like, they had full control over it. Yes, it was overseen by 
psionics, but you got to think all tournament administration was done by DreamHack employees, all broadcast sort of <laughs> so, line up there. Considering, considering the criticisms we had with DreamHack about the production yes. and the admining from last time, uh, that's not exactly a good fucking point to make. <laughs> <laughs> but my point just being that I think that is the idea being that that's opening the door to possibilities down the line. DreamHack, their produ- online productions aren't great, as we've seen. But possibly down the line, you could see ESL, you know, the sister company, take it on over, which could be a massive benefit. Um, we'll, we'll see what goes on with RLCS next season, because, of course, Science was heavily involved in there. Who knows? Maybe uh, NG takes a much heavier control. Who knows? But I think that's where it's coming more down, where the su- they've accepted the size of their esports team is small. They're going to leave it small, but hand over the reins to other companies, as that could be an option for them. Well, on that note, then, obviously, we've been talking a lot about, well, on and off, we've been talking a lot about Epic and their sort of, uh, um, you know, their involvement in Rocket League mm-hmm. esports since they acquired Sonics a little over a year ago now, um, you know, and we haven't, we've yet to see mm. the actual effects of that. And it's like, you know, for me, when I first looked at this, I, I, I thought to myself, actually, maybe this is the idea of they're transitioning over to working, to working yep. with the Epic esports team and having access to their infinite amounts of money. You know, like obviously, we've seen Scheist and uh, his uh, Twitter account. Account got switched from you know esports Sonics to esports to Epic Games, mm-hmm. which is hinted at the idea that you know we're slowly moving into Epic taking control of the esports space, which for me would be the best outcome in this particular respect, just to have all that money to swing about and just fucking fund all sorts of big tournaments and you know get other organizers into you know help promote a circuit that actually means something rather than just you know the RLCS and that being it, you know. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, with the with the COVID situation, like you know, I can respect obviously how certain things would be on hold, which is what Cloudfield mentions here. But you know, I, I'm I'm not sure. I haven't had any other insights other than what Cloud has said, so I couldn't tell you for certain if this that that's actually accurate, whether or not there's anything going on. Um, you know, uh, it seems like very optimistic sort of stance here. And in 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 a, in a thread like this, and with a story like this where there's not a lot of optimism, I'm just not sure what to make of it because to me, like I haven't got any further insights other than this public statement, and not even. Sonics have come out and addressed this once again, which, you know, great communication, by the way, guys. It's not as if, you know, you, you, you promised that you'd be more communicative in that uh, in, in that open letter or anything. But, you know, ju- ju- just a, just a food for thought. Anyway. Um, mm, do you want to get some closing? Well there, actually. I just quickly did a little dig around Twitter, and it's only the esports team that have put Sonic slash Epic Games on their handles. Uh, just from a quick dig around, like uh, the art team is still just down on the psionics. Um, so that, that that's just an interesting little one. So maybe there has been a full engulfing from Epic into just the esports aspect. Well, again, you know, like the um, uh, uh, the, the whole point from that press release when Sionics, uh, when Sionics were acquired by Epic was, you know, to, to boost the esports operations. So mm. That doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, but I just want to get some closing thoughts on this topic before we move on to our next piece of news, because obviously it is a bit of a land shaker here, uh, more so than anything else on the on the card this week. So, you know, uh, we've just got to talk about this. And, you know, I just want to do, do, do we think that the future looks bleak now for Rocket League esports? I'm on the line. We we still stick, like, because we knew this sort of thing was going on, Jay. It is still very much down the middle, very much. It's make or break. It could either be a massive boon with Sionics and not Sionics as such, but Epic finally taking the reins, letting this uh, just near enough go for explosion, and it could just become massive, especially with the amount of love that a lot of the orcs have for Rocket League. 
or if they don't change up, if they keep running how they have for so long, then it could just be the break point. And I'm hoping that after everything that has come on out, that with it finally going public as well, they finally feel like they have to turn this full circle and do it quick. Otherwise, it's bad PR for them, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, the way that I look at this is that I have to quote my my my, my boy, a blonde monkey, um, uh, uh, or not a blonde monkey, <laughs> depending on how you <laughs> want to say it, um, uh, uh, because I think he kind of summarizes pretty well in our Discord, which of course you should absolutely uh, join by going to the show notes of the description every ten episode of the podcast. Uh, he said it's do or die time now, and I think that's absolutely the case. Like you know, they they got to start listening to these organizations because whilst a lot of people want to think, oh, we don't need you know the the the, the orgs to help uh, to help out uh, the 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 space, you know, I think that's what. So, Certainly, the uh, the idea and the uh, the perspective that Sonics have had in the past, obviously, you know, interviews and other sorts of uh, uh, materials apply. Uh, but the, the the thing that I the, I think that the thing that people tend to miss is the fact that organizations play pay all the salary for the players. And again, as you mentioned, that's forty thousand dollars a month in some cases. Uh, you know, mm. like that's a, a stupid amount of money. Uh, you know, it, 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 even for a team of three players plus a coach, you know, that's still like you know fucking ten grand a piece. You know, at the, at the worst end per month. You know, that's a, that's a lot of cash. That is a lot of fucking cash to be shitting on 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 a uh, on on esports like this. And when they don't have a basic idea of the direction of the game and how they can maximize their investment then we're up shit's creek basically well this um, is so- why everyone said inflated salaries for so long you know for yeah. what the size of this esport is that money should not be knocking about but you've got to keep competing at the top of the level you know your peers are making that money you come in and you see that's what it is you've got to match it it's just the way of the world and one of the things as well to, to make a mention, obviously, is the fact that, you know, like with that level of money uh, kicking around, you know, you, you have to get, you know, it's, it's a big investment to make. So you are, whenever any organization picks up a team and pays them that much money, like they are hoping that this thing goes big and it can go big and we all know it can go big, um, you know, and uh, uh, while there have been a lot of people that have been saying nothing can stop Sonic from, uh, sort of stop uh, Rocket League from going, uh, from going big. Honestly, I have to say that there is one thing that can stop, Sion- can stop Rocket League from going big and that's fucking Sionics. At the end of the day, you know, like mm-hmm. this has been, this has been pure approval throughout the course of time, and absolutely, that is the case here. So, it's do or die from my perspective, and I absolutely believe that to be the case. But that is the org letter of grievances to the hands of psionics. Move on to our final piece of general news before we move on to the big fucking silly season roster shuffles, um, uh, because Snasky, previous uh, you know, RCS player and, and a coach as well, um, has announced his retirement from the Rocket League scene, or at least from Rocket, not from esports, but from you know the, the Rocket League scene in general, because like you know he has a passion for esports, and so he wants to continue working in the industry somehow um uh, i don't know what he'll move on to but but this very short twit longer basically just says look i've been stepping away for a while and the passion i had for the look the game has disappeared and the timing on this as well is just about as appropriate with the letter coming in i've noticed a lot of people have been saying similar sort of stuff like lukash uh put out a a tweet a twit longer as well saying look i'm putting all this fucking effort into this uh, into the liquipedia page uh, and for what you know like it seems like mm. It seems like shit just getting really fucking uh, horrible uh, every single day. And I sympathize with that position, absolutely. Um, but Snasky is the latest of the, of the retirements to happen over the last few weeks. And it feels like every single week we're getting at least one significant retirement uh, in, in the Rocket League space. And it kind of goes back to the same conversation we've been having for the past few weeks. The fact that lit, there, there's no basis for these players to continue to operate any lower than the RLCS. And it's like, you know, with all these salaries kicking about, like, is it any wonder why that's the case? Like, you know, come on. 
big one for me here is that Snatsky has already stepped away from the game as a player. He moved to that coaching role. So for him to move away from coaching really is ringing alarm bells, you know? Like, don't get me wrong. Fantastically, they will stick into esports and hope the best for him and all of that. But again, with the whole from the Sionics aspect, there is not necessarily a future for coaches. Uh, earlier on this week, we also had uh, the announcement that Melt uh, is officially the coach for Vitality. He's been the coach for a while. But that was him sort of moving up and filling the role from Greg and where they didn't need a manager as such solely for the team as someone else had been able to, you know, pretty much easily do that on top. There's not much to manage with Rocket League, you know. But it just feels like right now that that for me is a harsh point that you can't even cut it realistically as a coach in Rocket League, when you're, you know, a lad that was back on Fnatic and such and a great player back in the day, it just, this is harsh right now. It is, and it is just one of those things where it's like, you know, I mean, look, Snatsky was, you know, in the twilight of his career, I think, at the end of the day, when it comes to his involvement as an active player and as an active member of, of teams, I think that he had a lot to bring to the table as a coach, um, uh, and I think that possibly his uh, his time with other projects, like, he certainly picked up the wrong teams, like, being part of TSM, like, come on, you know, that's that's mm. fucking hell if I ever saw it, um, uh, uh, but, you know, it, it is, the, it is the, the end of another era, because, you know, Snatsky was one of the OGs, you know, remember Supersonic Adventures? You know, he competed in um, uh, uh, you know, Gfinity Invitational, first season of RLCS, first season of RLRS. You know, like he's been part of all these teams. And, um, uh, you know, like, I feel like the, uh, uh, the, 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 the career that he's led is certainly one to be of note. I just wish it could have lasted a little bit longer and given him another chance to do some decency in the scene, you know? Oh, definitely. Like, they, this is one of the lads where you, you'd think being there since, like an OG of Rock League since season one and had been involved in every single season bar season four in the RLCS where Fnatic were down in the RLRS for the very first season, Jay. So it feels like you're, you're losing out a big, big player in that scene. Like this is a guy that's known the game since the start. And for him to no longer have any passion to work within the game, for him to have no faith anymore wanting instead of in esports but not quite sure where to go that is yeah just worrying but i'm i'm i just hope to see that he does well because he's a good lad i've met him a few times yeah um i mean and we could be going on about this for ages we could repeat the same talking points we've had in previous episodes yeah. but we're not about to do that so you know just go go ahead and look back at those last few episodes if you want to you know know what we're talking about when it comes to retirements but snasky at the end of the day he um uh, he's out and it's unfortunate sad times all aboard and that concludes it for our general news this week. Uh, a bit of a shit one, all things considered. But mm -hmm. so we'll move on because um, there's been a lot of roster news this week, Bacon. And that certainly has been the main thing that's dominated a lot of the headlines and dominated a lot of the uh, subreddit space. Uh, because uh, the uh, uh, rumors have been flying and the roster moves have been running about. And, you know, credit to Fusion. You know, well, I hate the tournament. I hate the concept and I hate the, the conflict of interest behind it. Um, uh, uh, at the very least, it has given us a massive insight as to who's going where for the next season. So um, we'll uh, be covering all that in a moment. Time. I did want to go through one of the, some of the more circumstantial ones and the reports on some players that have been unable to be confirmed. 
And we'll start in the Dignitas camp because Jorus is, according to Shifts, uh, pr- uh, potet- potentially uh, getting picked up by Dignitas here. Uh, the report itself did say that they were going to uh, be playing with him uh, 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 on Fusion, uh, but Dignitas decided they were going to play with Astral instead. Um, but uh, based on you know, the idea of, uh, uh, of what Shift had been able to do and the news that we'll cover up in a minute in regards to Astral, this seems like a pretty likely move. And with Jorus being touted for mm. several different teams um, uh, along with his recent performances in other tournaments as well. Um, you know, I, I, I can see this being a, a very high possibility to me. Yeah, so when we go forward talking about these sort of like roster rumors, it is all based on, it seems like Fusion was just not a good point. It was too early for these teams to make these changes up because that it is very, very heavily that Astral is going elsewhere uh, to the point where he might even be picked up and we'll talk about it next. But it just seems like they're sticking with it. The team will notice, and I expect Dignitas probably to have a bit of a... Uh, a fairly shit performance infusion purely because that team is on the way out you know what it's like when players suddenly go well this is pointless for me right now i've got nothing to prove we're not improving together it feels like it's not a pretty swan song for them jay No, not a very particularly pretty Swan song, especially when you consider how unpretty it has been in the past. Obviously, we're talking in semi-decent detail mm. as to last week when we're talking about the uh, the sort of like the conflict in that team between Astral and uh, and his squad mates. So like the, you know, we were talking about whether or not it would be a short-term good move to pick up someone like you to kick someone like Yukio, or a long-term move to try and get Astral out for a new player back in. Um, uh, and Violent Powder certainly has proven that he's got some level of uh, uh, you know knowledge and insight into the bubble players. You know, obviously, you know, we, we, we found Astral that way. Uh, Joris could be the next one up on the list. Um, and it seems like from this perspective that they've actually made the decision to, to go with the, the long-term move uh, rather than the short-term one here. And for Violent Panda, I can imagine his uh, his patience is getting stretched a little bit thin, but <laughs> I do like the concept, to be honest, uh, you know, um, uh, especially with uh, how close they came in the last couple of seasons to getting uh, into the World Championship, especially in Madrid. Obviously, they won the European uh, Regionals and then they bombed out of the, of the Spring Series. I think honestly that 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 spring series bombing was uh, a bit of a was the catalyst to sort of like push this move together. You know, we talked about the idea of there being a roster shuffle based on Dignitas moving rosters, and it seems like that that was the start of this whole thing. And we're going to go through so many more of them in a moment's time here. But um, uh, I want to talk about whether or not Juris will be a good addition to the Dignitas side because we 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 div- doubted Astral when he first entered the scene and entered the and entered the roster. And I wanted to ask you if you think that it's going to be a similar sort of story for George when he goes to the Dignitas. Yeah, it's basically you're changing like for like here. Uh, Astral's only been in the team since, what, last summer? So that's crazy mm. for me. But yeah, for me, Joris has a very similar play style. He's an incredibly mechanically skilled player. It just comes down to whether Joris can pick up the mental side of things on a good note. Like, he's already incredibly good with his decisions. But I'm talking about the team synergy aspect. We've seen him already get so far with the Clappers, which was incredible in the spring series, but that was one tournament one-off. We know he did fairly well over in the Rocket Baguette Rising Stars, but here you're going right on up to the big leagues. You know, this is going to be a real test for him. And I think 
if you're going to give it to any coach, Violent Panda is the best one to bring through that new talent. He's, <laughs> he's so not a good. coach, though, mate. Come on. <laughs> like, like, sorry. He, he sort of does that on the mental side of things. He's and you the can captain, see the frustra- though. Yes. You can see the frustration he was having, having to be the go-between for Yukio and Astral. And I just hope right now, if yours can get along with a team and just not be an arsehole, Basically, this should be brilliant for them. The only problem is if he can get this going quick. We've already seen him do it, you know, with the Clappers get to Spring Series. That's massive right there. But we'll have to see going forward. Unfortunately, Fusion would have been the best time to get him on board, you know, get like a very light bit of practice on in in a competitive uh, scenario. But who knows? What's after Fusion? God knows, but I mean that that org letter probably highlights that 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 point yeah. more than anything else. But continue, please. But that that will be the big tester for him because that's probably when he'll come on in. Unless I I don't know what's going on with Fusion like right now. Couldn't they make team changes? Like, are you allowed to change out one player halfway through? Because org stopping out for this feels very odd. I imagine, but we'll see what's going on. We will see indeed what is going on. But for now, we're going to uh, m- move on from that and talk about the next roster move or the next room and roster move, which is a good segue, actually, because it does sort of tie into Astral to a certain mm. extent. But sources say that Fruity has received a tryout on Mouse Sports ahead of Fusion. Um, uh, I believe that Mouse Sports did not go and uh, stick, uh, did not go ahead and make that move in, in time for Fusion. They're sticking with Arju in that respect. But um, uh, based on this, it seems like Fruity may be on the way out of the OXG side. And considering their performance on Oxygen... It's, it's 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 expected, and it's not exactly one of those ones that I take a look at and think, "Hey, Rudy's gonna," uh, uh, you know, and, and, and say, "Hey, I'm too surprised to be honest," because, like, you know, at the end of the day, Pharaoh and Shawset were the mechanical gods, and those were the guys that, uh, uh, you know, probably hold the power in that respect. Even though I do think that Fruity leaving is the worst move that you could have made. Oh, Fruity's the worst member on that team to lose, really, because he's the backbone of that team, Jay. Like we said, we thought it should be fairer, but coming on in this move, let's talk about that. Like, Fruity going over to Mouse, I get it. I can understand that sort of placement there, but is it going to work? If Fruity is definitely out of oxygen... He should basically have the pick of litter for RLCS. He's that good a player, you know. Any Will team know? could. No, I'm just saying any team could benefit from having him because you look at the others lingering on around. Let's take a look at Barca, you know, where they've just dropped flakes. Bringing in Fruity as a very solid core player when you've got Ronicky who's already an aggressor, that would be a perfect fit for them. Don't know if Fruity wants to go over there, of course, but I'm just saying, like, so many teams could benefit from having this really well-rounded player because we know Fruity can be an attacker as well as the defender. He can fit whatever role is needed of him. See, like, the thing about when I talk about, like, you know, whether or not he'd have the pick of the litter, I feel that his stock has kind of dropped because he's not always been the player oh, at the forefront. He's not going to go to Dig. He's not going to go to Vitality. Those yeah, absolutely. teams, like, no. Um, I think, I think for a team like Mouseports certainly could be pretty uh, respectable mm-hmm. considering how they already have their, uh, um, they already have their heads in the gutter and they're pretty, uh, uh, that's not the right saying, actually. Uh, they already have their morale and their, uh, their, their general sort of, like, perception of things kind of, like, you know, thrown off kilter with the Spring Series results. Uh, so seeing someone like Fruity um, a step 
up to the plate and uh, and do something in that respect. I think that probably could be a decent move for them. Whether or not in repla- replacing Arju though is the main um, uh, is is the main thing because to me it feels like it's going to be obviously with you know again the conversations we're seeing with Speed leaking mm. out his DMs on, on stream by accident. You know we know that they're not happy with Arju in his performance. So it's like is that is fruity for Arju a good move all and all for Mouse Sports? So this is a weird one, because I feel like Arju enables Speed and Cooks to play their best, you know? So maybe he's not playing at his best, but the team's playing at the best, right? And yes, the Spring Series, they didn't get the results they want. Yes, Dig did show up for day two, and of course they're going to be upset where they finished Mouse. But I look at this team and I just go, I... I, I feel like this is a project that could work. The problem is that I'm also a massive realist and say I probably don't see any team other than Dig being able to beat out Vitality in Europe, you know? That that that's just the harshty of it. A team can definitely do that. I mean we saw Blooming um Singularity take down Vitality back in league play, you know? So anyone can do it, but it's just that realistic who can you get another team to the top of Europe? And Mouse right now, I look at that with Arju and go, you're making these two players the best they can be. But Fruity is he the right call? Yes, it's a sideways move from Arju because you're not going to see Fruity like near enough be a massive powerhouse for this team. But could he enable his two teammates? It was always Fruity being the one to support, not really. I'm, I'm trying to think how to describe. Fruity, when you look at Auction, the previous reciprocity Ross there, he always worked in tandem to Chorset. Chorset up in attack, Fruity's in defense. Chorset can't really perform that day. He moves back more into the midfield. Farrah goes into the defense. And Fruity sort of formed a more attacking role alongside Chorset, as well as being able to hold up that midfield. So when you come into the role in mouse what does he do because you've got speed who at the moment is looking fantastic in the attack you have to you can't deny it all and he's also great again back into defense so fruity's play style where he's trying to support speed and working off him you know if, if speed gets a day where he's just not feeling it in the attack would he be able to pick that up is questionable but I don't think that's what they need right now. They need an enabler. They need Arju right there. Fruity's a great player, but I don't see the benefit coming down to making this team the best they could be. It feels too I safe. Mean- from, from my from my angle, the way that I can see this is that Fruity will be brought in as sort of like the new captain of the mouse sports side, as like you know the, the, like a big sort of pace breaker and and and, and a pace setter. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, when you take a look at his roles on. Uh, on, on the oxygen, uh, on the oxygen esports uh, lineup, he's obviously the uh, uh, sort of like the de facto captain um, uh, outside of uh, potentially Ferrer at that stage. You know, like uh, I know that in reciprocity, he certainly was listed as a, a captain for a little bit of time. Uh, so you know, to have him uh, to have him step up to the fold and captain out the mouse sports side it could be an opportunity for him Possibly. to potentially step back, play a bit more of a supportive role, and try and utilize uh, Speed and Cooksier as their uh, uh, and, and try and you know, place them in a bit more of a better style. In, in accordance to where the, the roster should be at. You know, Fruity is the kind of player that would do that. You know, he is the kind of player that, you know, would would, would take a step back and uh, try and, you know, play a bit more of an overarching role rather than mm. a, uh, uh, rather than like a star, a star player sort of thing. So I would have never considered that thought of Cookson moving more out of defense and being let loose more aggressively, right? That's just something right now over the 
God knows how long you don't expect from Crooks here. He's always been that defender, which can just amazingly get into attack in the one-offs, and he makes those count, you know? So possibly that could be it. That could be the unlocking feature where you just got to give Cooks more freedom, more room to work with. And Fruity could definitely provide that, but it just depends on if that's the play style they go as a team. Well, regardless of what the playstyle they go for is, uh, the report that was set out by Shift has been backed up by a secondary report by ESPN. This one, actually, I don't believe... Uh, sorry, it was, excuse me, was uh, credited by Arda Okal, uh, who uh, made a very, very quick sort of summary on this one on, on, on ESPN.com. Basically saying that uh, they learned that uh, IRCS Championship Series EU MVP Astral is set to leave Dignitas and get signed by Oxygen Esports. So this kind of backs it up even further than that. The fact that all the reports seem to hint, obviously, you know, we know that Astral was uh, touted to be on the way out in favor of, uh, of, of drawers, as we just explained a moment ago. And now he's also been touted to go out and join the Oxygen Esports side as Fruity has also been given tryouts with the Mouse Sports squad. Now, while Oxygen did announce their roster for Fusion uh, and have, of course, you know, Fruity involved in that one, there was a bit of a bait and switch put out a little bit after the fact, obviously, with uh, Jesse being put as a main man in the roster. Um, <laughs> Whether or not they'll actually end up playing into Oxygen's sort of a failure, whether or not they'll actually end up fielding Jesse, or whether they'll be fielding Fruity at all, whether he's just a stand in, is, is a new question entirely. Um, uh, uh, but again, much like how Dignitas didn't list their new roster on Fusion. I still think that the possibility is there when it comes to uh, 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 when it comes to you know Fruity out of, into Mouse Sports and Astral into Oxygen. Oh. Definitely. Like, Astral going to, over to auction actually makes a bit of sense to me. It would be completely shaken up how the team works, but if Chorset's really not comfortable in the attack like he used to, bringing in a player to be able to fill that Chorset running up, you know, keeping a hold of the midfield, being able to work a bit of the defense, Farah focusing mainly on defense, but also being a nuisance in the midfield. I think that team could work. and it's It's a new direction. It'll be an interesting one to see. And I think Ash will probably like that since he's the main focus of the team, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I 100% agree with that aspect. But you know, regardless of whether or not they're good moves or bad moves, those are the current rumors going on. We'll update you as things go on here on RLAftershock and RLAftershock.com. For now, though, we're going to move on and talk about some of the confirmed rosters that we currently have uh, for Fusion. Again, Fusion did basically provide a massive insight as to who's going where. And we have mm -hmm. some interesting ones to talk about here. So uh, we'll just sort of start going broad strokes on this one, and we'll try our best to sort of summarize it as succinctly as we can, um, uh, because already we've gone quite a bit of time in this show without even getting yeah, into the dang. mailbag section. So, And we've still got about like eight rumors to cover, uh, eight, eight, eight moves to cover in total. So we'll start in the FC Barcelona camp. Obviously, they bombed the fuck out of the spring series and we were all saying they need to make a move we didn't know which move to make in the end they decided to cut flakes from their roster it's also partially down to flakes also deciding to say hey we're gonna i'm gonna go ahead and make my own roster uh, which we'll talk about that in a second um Ronicky, however took to the stage and he uh, mentioned uh, or he talked about the new fc barcelona roster for the fusion tournament it will be him devo and Steve standing in for the uh, team for this uh, uh, particular tournament now again and we'll get onto flakes in a moment here. I want to talk about Sieb. How is he going to fit into this lineup? I, I don't know. So Sieb, I, I haven't been able to see him because he's been playing, you know, um, sub for a while now. And 
I'm tuned into, I can't remember the last time I saw a stream from him or, you know, him taking part in the tournament. So I've got no clue. The thing is right now, you know, this is just a standing for the period of time it is, you know, and Sieb's got no expectations. I don't think Barca's got any blooming expectations apart from people that are hardcore Barca fanboys or just the name of Barcelona itself. Because right now, when you look at the competition, yeah, you probably shouldn't have any expectations of Barca. They'll be on par with their standing, probably with the uh, mid-RLRS teams, I reckon, Jay. Maybe top end of that, if you're lucky. Because Barca right now are playing with not not a two man squad as such but they they wouldn't have sub they wouldn't have uh, scrimmed with Seab at all so you just got to be very realistic at those expect with your expectations you just go Barca are playing they'll do okay but don't expect them to win you know yeah no i mean like it's considering who flakes is and considering what seems been able to do it's a big big downgrade like you know as you mentioned he's been a sub for many different teams triple treble as monaco uh the only team that i really can think of that he's been a significant part of was crazy crew and and obviously Mm -hmm. they haven't done much in the grand scale of things so you know like for 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 them i'm not sure what they're hoping to get out of this roster um i do think i have to agree with you hope he can do an archie though that's all we can say. If he's the next Arju and gets picked up to the main squad, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, I think that that would be the best timeline for everybody involved for me. Um, uh, uh, but I don't, I, I, I can't take stock in that being the realistic sort mm-hmm. of expectation. So the, the best we can do is sort of like just mention it and, uh, uh, you know, just see how well he'll do because again, expectations are off the table for everyone here. I did want to go to the flip side of this though and talk about Flakes because obviously with him going out of the <laughs> roster, he mentioned that um, uh, he's going to be uh, creating his own team of new players uh, who will, you know, play the same style as him, play the same, same play style as him um, uh, uh, because it's too frustrating to play an RLCS with a team with different ideas of the game um, uh, and, and in particular he uh, I, there's a stream highlight I lost it but basically he just said look they don't, they don't want to do what I want to do They they uh, so I'm going to find players who want to do what I want to do um, and, and we're going to try and go see if we can requalify for RLRS now firstly I'm happy that he's looking to go ahead and requalify for RLRS because I think that honestly um, uh, uh, you know like for most players that would have dropped out the tier 1 scene the, most players like in Flakes' position have just gone to streaming and said fuck it you know and, and that's a respectable sort of position to take even though I don't agree with it but mm-hmm. it is what it is um, but his perspective seems to be look at me I'm the best thing in the world I fucking know what I'm doing I'm going to create a team that does my ideals and it just screams of ego it's so bad man I, I still find it so amazing like where he got this ego from because <laughs> he got picked up by Complexity of sheer I'm, I'm going to say sheer luck on the day of DreamHack qualifiers about a year ago you know since then amazing what they did with him was able to re-qualify up into the RCS, and then he starts shitting on his teammate they drop completely off the face of earth okay he's still a good player everyone knows that gets put into Barca all's going well start shitting on teammates or whatever apparently and yeah he's off of that I just feel right now that Dude, perhaps it's you. Like <laughs> we we've said the same for Bluey. Come on, we we you know we're not just you know focused on him. We said the same thing for Bluey, and it just comes down to that of buddy. Best of luck to you. If you can make this and change up the whole landscape of Rocket League, fucking amazing. 
Do I think that's going to happen? No. No. <laughs> Absolutely nah. I, I, I reckon he's just now going to be in a whole loop of throwing in new teammates because every couple of weeks, his new teammates are going to look at him and just go, can you stop effing and blinding at me? Can you stop calling me a dumb donkey? No, I'm not having this when we're not even qualified for the RL or RS or RLCS. You know, if he, if he got into a spot of one of those two teams, then some players would put up with him naturally because that's the spot they've already got. And, you know, they're being pulled into those teams. But right now, I, I mean, Lortie, who I, I like Lortie, hasn't been on a major team for a while, so that's going to be interesting. Akronix, a new uh, up-and-coming player, which will be interesting to see. Apparently, he's got a bit of an ego as well from some tweets and all that sort of <laughs> lot. Nauman is uh, their sub. is quite interesting. I like Nauman. He's not been, you know, in the scene for a while so he's coming back as a bit of a sub i think it's an interesting roster i can't wait to see them on the pitch but if they you know just completely bomb out i'd be there like okay that makes sense <laughs> i look around like for me i look at this shit and i and i, and I look at i look at you know what, what, what flakes are saying what he's uh, trying to do and I'm going to make a Counter-Strike comparison here because it is so fucking appropriate. It reminds me so much of Nico from Face Clan, okay? <laughs> For those of you who don't know about Nico, he's basically the kind of player who's such a massive star and he's got such a big sort of like air of ego around him that he thinks that everything he does is amazing. Even though FaZe Clan right now are actual fucking shit. Um, <laughs> and, and it's partially down to the fact that Nico uh, kind of built the roster around himself and he tried to be the in-game leader when the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, knowing how to play the game as like from a mechanical perspective is not the same as knowing how to be a leader. And honestly, the stuff that Flakes has said, I could fucking probably pull a quote from uh, 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 from uh, uh, from fucking uh, what's it called from uh, uh, from Nico and probably just like put it there and you you think it's a fucking uh, flakes quote just because of how like for like it sounds like in terms of you know you know the the, the mentality mm. behind it and I understand obviously you want to play the same thing uh, uh, you you want to play in the same sort of play style but it's like if you get three star players together. It's, it fundamentally just cannot work. And I can tell you why it can't work because you were part of the same team where it didn't fucking work. FC Barcelona has been fucking full of missteps and failed potential and missed opportunities left, right, and center since its inception back in Savage, right? The only notable thing that they ever got uh, in their own respect was, what was it, second place in one of the European regionals in season seven, actually, which was the biggest thing that they ever, uh, you know, was able to achieve. And even then, like, you know, they bombed out of the season semifinals. They bombed out in season eight. Obviously, in, in season nine, they got through what seems to be just two very unfortunate formed rosters and obviously in spring series you fucking shit the bed and that's been the case for the entire thing back when they were known as savage like we saw them going through the for the for the rival series they smashed out the rival series as soon as they hit championship level shit hit the fan and things couldn't go the way that they actually wanted it to so like for for this roster and for this team and for the composition of that you can see how three players who adopt the exact same play style or the exact same role don't fucking work. And unless flakes are just going to be the hard carry for this team, then that's the only way I can actually see it working for the benefit of his play style and his, and the way that he, he, he wants to approach the game. But even then that's only going to get you so far because that's basically one player doing all the work while everybody else sits back and does is basically dead weight to the team. Like that's the way that I'm seeing things when it comes to flakes. And again, credit to him because he wants to do his own thing, but I just don't think that thing's going to work. 
I, I just find it quite funny where it's that he doesn't want to team with pros because pros don't want to do what he wants to do. That to me, just me, like, just you look at that and go, so basically you want guys that are no names and are willing to put up with you because they're hoping you're going to be able to take them to glory. That is what it is. You want to, you don't exactly. want to team with pros because pros will question you. You want to team with no names purely because they're not going to do that. Like, that's such that a Nico fucking so, thing to yeah. say. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. <laughs> The equivalence is absolutely ridiculous. And I, I, again, like, like respect to Flakes. I think he's a cool dude. I think he's got a lot of talent, but I just don't think this is going to work. So like, best of luck to you. Um, and we'll see who comes out on top, FCP or Flakes. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about a tier two oh, team. I let's can't talk about wait for that game, by the way. That what? would be brilliant Flakes to see. FCB. Yeah, that would be so fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm going to hold out judgment for when that match actually comes by, but uh, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that one. Anyways, so that, Savet Geneva, uh, failure of the last season of the rival series, success in the Swiss scene, at least that's what we thought until very recently, where the Swiss scene seems to have been able to upturn their former kings. Uh, but alas, here we are. So Fair goes up on Twitter, so announcing that the uh, Savet roster for Fusion is it's a Fair, Mirror Wing, and Justice. So obviously, uh, we know Justice, the, uh, the, 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 the Dutch dominator. Um, this is a de definitely an interesting move. I know that Savet Geneva have been trying out different players and different uh, uh, different teams. Uh, you know, obviously in different tournaments, like you know, in, in, in TCS for example, they were trying mm -hmm. out um, uh, uh, Sizen uh, in uh, Superstar League. They were trying out Batol, who's actually the sub for this particular roster. Um, I don't know what they were doing with Swiss Esports League. I think they may have had Batol there as well. Uh, but they've been trying out various different players, and it seems their international roster they're going to settle on is Justice for this one. Um, so isolating that. Com uh, and, and comparing and contrasting to the other rosters that, that the Svechneva have fielded. What do you think of Justice's addition here to the Svechneva side? I quite like it. So Sizen still won't be able to do the next season of RSS, if I'm correct, or the RLRS and qualify through due to age. So they like the lad, but realistically, they're looking towards the long term. Here you've got Justice, who has experience already, and I can see this. It's another midfield man, basically. I'm hoping the idea of this team is to keep up Mirror's confidence, especially with the number of online tournaments, and get him to a stage where he can be the striker. Because you know Safair can strike, yes, but his main focus should always be defense. His patience, the way he can just stall that ball in defense is fantastic, isn't it? So Justice, who might be an easier fit for this team where he's a bit of an all-rounder should hopefully be good but only time will tell the fusion tournament will be an interesting one i have no idea who's going to take the 1v1s on this team uh 2v2s will be an easy mirror and you know uh it's a fair but when it comes to the whole team together It'll be a super interesting. Hopefully, from what I've heard, Mirror and uh, Sphere are actually quite easy to play with and actually slot on in. But it just comes down to, yeah, you're easier to play with probably in ranked than maybe scrims. But when it comes to competitive Rocket League, when you're in that online high-intensity environment, that is a whole different ball game, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that's uh, uh, that's why I absolutely love uh, certain people who think that they're they're, they're hot shit because like when they actually get thrown into that environment, they just don't even know what they're doing, and it's like it's very obvious. Um, <laughs> 
for me, I haven't actually seen Justice play in a very long time. So like, I don't really know what to make of this um, uh, 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 of this move, and um, uh, and to what I could expect out of these guys. Obviously, that you know, we saw him for RJM and they did all right. But he was removed in place of Rick's Ronde, which I guess could be a, a you know a, a, a big sort of a thing for them. But ever since the, the rival series, I haven't really seen too much out of Justice. And to be honest, back even in the rival series, he wasn't really one of those standout players that I thought, okay, he's going to be the fucking bomb. Uh, even though RJM showed a lot of promise in their overall uh, uh, in their overall roster, I feel like that was more down to Mike Boy and Rizex to me. Um, you know, I don't know if Justice. Uh, was the guy that really you know turned things around for them so i'm optimistic about what they could do here on the select geneva side um and obviously i'm keeping an open mind with it but you know again the, the issue for me has to revolve in the fact that you know like they, they, they need to find a new third before they solidify what they're going to do from here on out because mm. you know we've still got a number of issues outside of the move itself when it comes to select geneva that being mirror wing and his own confidence like obviously we saw that throughout a lot of the course of the rival series um, and uh, uh you know like i, I and i'm just I, i'm just not sure where to weigh up this team with this roster move because i don't think that the roster move itself is going to fix all the problems with Svetch and Eva. So the thing is right now that Svetch and Eva have got their core with Fair and Mirror. It just comes down to what this third man can offer. Yagi was a great sort of offensive force, wasn't he? So that was a good pickup there. Sizen felt like it was a, he was a good offensive force as well. He's a little bit clutch in defense, but his main idea was his solo plays and being able to get that ball downfield really strongly. So Justice coming on in as more of an all-rounder midfield man will be an interesting pickup. I don't think it's going to be the final pickup. Like this is going to be it. This is Sverchini finally being able to compete for top six RLRS and stay there. I think this is just, they'll learn a lot about themselves and come up with the right decision after Fusion now. Yeah, it's definitely an experimental roster for me, and I'll be curious to see how well Svetch and Eva do. Obviously, they're losing their stranglehold over the Swiss scene, so um, that's a storyline that I want to follow going into the TCS finals, but uh, that's something that you guys won't be interested in. We'll probably highlight that tournament after it goes down, um, as we will highlight a lot of the other small tournaments we have going on. But for now, let's move on uh, very quickly into the Tree of a Kind side, uh, <laughs> also known as Awkward Turtles plus Ixo. Um, obviously, we were talking a little bit about Awkward Turtles last time around because they had um, uh, uh, gotten rid of Cash, who had his uh, AS Monaco tryout. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. cash in a little bit more time. Um, but um, uh, uh, for this uh, awkward turtle side, uh, Mitain and Taz were looking for a third, and they're going to try out Ixo, it seems, for this roster. Now, obviously, Ixo had a bit of a failed um, uh, uh, tryout with the Triple Trouble, um, and now he's moving on to this new side, which is also a rival series caliber. What do we think? What do we, how, how, how do we feel about this, uh, uh, this, uh, this tree of a kind team? I'm, I'm happy. So when they brought in for the spring series, Tigre, we both looked at that, Jay, and went, what? what What are you doing here? You No, you don't need three midfielder, more defensive players. No, no, no. You need that attacker when they got uh, when they unfortunately lost uh, cash. But here, bringing in Ixo, it makes perfect sense. This is a like for like for cash. And hopefully they can refine that form, which they had back in uh, ROLS, because that, that's got to be the main goal right now for me. Yeah, um, uh, uh, I think, again, for me, from much similar to how I'm going to talk about the Svet Geneva, obviously, is the fact that I'm very optimistic for this roster. Obviously, I've still got a lot of relevance and, and support for Ixo. I still think he can do quite a lot of damage. Um, uh, he certainly has uh, uh, has proven to be among that sort of caliber, obviously, you know, winning lands and, and, and others uh, in previous sort of uh, stances. So I'm excited to see what he can do. 
in this roster. I think it could be a good fit, but we'll have to see how well it will go again. A lot of unknown to me about this particular lineup, so I'll keep an open mind on this one, and uh, we'll just go broad strokes and move on to the next lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this one's probably a little bit more interesting to those of you who are following these players. A lot and Morganus did say that they were going to be teaming together going forward. They found their third for Fusion, and that third is Tigray. And... Hmm, I don't think I have as much faith in this roster, to be honest. Uh, what makes you like, think of that? Come on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Already, the, the, the main issue that we highlighted when it came to a lot of Magnus and their own sort of like partnership is the fact that it's run its course by this point. You know, they, they split a long time ago. Um, uh, you know, obviously, Magnus and Metzenaris was the better duo to me. You know, like obviously, like, if they had two together, I would have thought they would have been a bit more successful. Obviously, it didn't work in Triple Trouble. Going back to Magnus and a lot, I could see a very similar result happening here. And already from the base, of that little core, um, I just think that it's 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 not the right move. Um, Tigre being the third though doesn't really improve that. Like you know, for, for a lot of organists to get going here, then really they wanted to try and find fucking flakes. You know, that, that, that's the kind of player that we want to. Um, uh, um, uh, that, that's the kind of player that we want to. Uh, we 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 want to we want to see with this kind of lineup. Tigre is not going to do much in the context no. of this team. Like this team is not going to do much when it comes to whatever. Like I just can't see this working well. Yeah, like literally, if if you're going to pick up a lad like this, you're just going for name and I guess who you're feeling comfortable with. But calling yourself source, this is weak source right now. What on earth are these lads? doing if you want to make your way back into not only the rors but then maybe try and contest back for the rlcs we've said it before jay you've got to try and pick up these new up and coming really heavily mechanical players because quite frankly none of them are mechanical players they're not going to be able to keep up the pace put on threatening shots this is a team that literally for me defines washed this is a (laughs) team which i look at and just go well, if this is what you want your last competitive games to be like, you're sadistic. Here's the thing, right? I don't think that all these players are necessarily washed per se, but I just think that this lineup just does not work. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. you know, like, there's no reason for me to believe that compositionally it will work pretty well. And maybe you can make an argument for certain players being washed in certain cases, but it's just like... Oh, <laughs> who is looking at Source? Who's looking at this team and thinking to themselves, oh, fuck yeah, they're going to do well. Like, I-, I can't think of a single person to the be honest. Player like, I can look at that team and go, oh, they might get wins. Is there a Sam in ones? That is it. Have they actually added him as the, as the, yeah, yeah. As the Source 1 player? Fourth. Yeah. He's the fourth. Uh, in, in, in that respect, and I can, I, can, I, can, I can see them getting, I can see them getting the ones respect going, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the 2v2 and the 3v3, well, maybe 2v2, Magnus and a lot will do pretty well, but in the 3v3 matches, that's where shit's going to get real fucking bad. So, um, uh, you know, definitely, uh, uh, definitely keep your eyes on the, the, the non-standard RLCS fucking, uh, you know, or Rocket League uh, fucking, uh, uh, you know, matches or games, because that's the, that's the main areas that they're going to win at because i just don't think that as a 3v3 team this team will do very well at all but um um, hey plenty of room to prove me wrong boys go right ahead i mean you've been very vocal on challenging us in the past so go right ahead for it i'm I'm really excited to see how it goes Uh, but we'll move on veloce is next and they've replaced Freaky with Archie for Fusion. Ooh. Okay, now this fucking got real juicy real quick. Because at first, and we'll, we'll sort of approach this from the perspective of like, look, Freaky's got health issues, okay? Uh, that much has been very, very apparent on the... Um, uh, uh, on the uh, 
Uh, that must have been very apparent uh, on his Twitter as of late, where he's been having some issues with his face. I'm not sure what the specific uh, issues are, but it looks like he's got numbness and pain, um, uh, and he's been you know uh, tweeting about it quite a lot recently, which obviously get get well soon, Freaky. I really hope you're uh, you, you you're going to hold out here because I, I think that obviously like when it comes to Veloce's team, losing Freaky would be a disaster. Um, uh, 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 alas, though, he can't play in this kind of position, and Veloce did opt to pick up Archie instead, which I think is a respectable player. And, I, and at first, I was just like, right, okay, well, that's fair enough. They want to keep playing. Freaky can't play physically, so therefore, you know, just, just get a temporary stand-in. That was <laughs> until Freaky <laughs> came up and tweeted, um, uh, Almond's roster for Fusion RL, Godsmiller, Striker, and fucking Freaky. Like, what? What, what, what the hell happened here? Oh, God. Like, to me, this just that means... He's off the roster because there's no way you get in a sub, you know, for it. And then the guy that you've subbed out goes and picks up his own team. This to me looks like freaky's off. They, they, they're going for a better choice. And Archie's not a bad player. But again, this is straight on into the deep end for him. Don't get wrong. Again, we saw just like draws him perform really well on in that spring series. And he was my player of note for that team. Like Joris is, yeah, going to be the star player, but Archie was like the backbone towards that team and doing a fantastic job at it. So I can see him actually fitting into Veloce really well here, Jay. I think this team is going to surprise us in a brilliant way. I'd actually put Veloce right now as one of the eight teams to qualify. And you know what? Honestly, I was going to say the same thing, actually. I, I thought this would be one of the points that we disagree on. But the truth is, nope. is that Archie has been just an up-and-comer and he's been fucking running through the scene. Like, you know, the nice cactuses have been doing consistently well in. Um, obviously, the Spring Series was the big main thing that we talked about. Um, uh, uh, the uh, European Rising Stars League, he came first. Um, uh, I think in Superstar League, he's also doing pretty respectable of his own right mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. his team is quality control. And uh, even though they've officially broken up, they're still topping out that leaderboard. So for Archie, like, you know, he's obviously been the guy that we've highlighted as being the main man and certainly he's getting his opportunities right now and i think that even though it will fuck with the short-term sort of like position of veloce i think that in the long term if they decide to pick him up he'll be a good sort of player uh, to bring him in but i think in terms of replacing freaky i don't think it's worth it just yet i think archie's still got a little bit of development before he's really a championship series level player um uh, obviously he's very young so he's got a lot of room and a lot of time to grow so i wouldn't be surprised that in the future he becomes one of those rl CS level players, but I think that for now, Veloce should just keep Archie for this team and then move into bringing Freaky back in for the main stage of competitions. Um, I, again, I, I'm just very surprised that Freaky came out and announced his new team because, like, to me, I, I feel like given how he's been tweeting about how he's not in just the best of conditions, he should just be taking that time to rest. Um, mm. uh, whether or not he continues to do that is another thing entirely. I did want to move on to the flip side of this, though, because obviously, Freaky's got his own roster Godsmiller, Striker, and Freaky. <laughs> I don't know who Striker is. That's the thing, right? Like, look, right? I, I, I respect freaking Godsmiller. I can give him a, a dark horse run, but Striker is a player that I haven't seen ever. I think I don't. I, I can't. Maybe he was in some sort of a ESM or Nice Cactus match, but I, I honestly don't remember him being a, a player of any particular note. To be honest, 
Mm. And just one quick thing. I don't think we put this on into the show plan, Jay, but one thing of uh, note for Veloce is that they just picked up Rams as their coach from Triple oh, Trouble. Yeah, I forgot that part. We, forgot that. we can bring it in now. It works. So that's an interesting aspect because Rams coming in as a coach, replacing Mystic. Now, Mystic, everyone thought was that coach slash sub. So now they don't have a sub. Do Veloce run with bringing in Archie and then have both Archie and Freaky there? Like, and run a four-man roster. Uh, that could be a little bit of pain, of course, with contracts, but I can see that as a very viable way in this offseason to run themselves, especially since, as well, Veloce is a very uh, heavily English esports org at times, so bringing in Archie works for that English aspect. But I feel like Veloce right now have got a very comfortable duo in Flame and Casio, and that third man, they can they can afford right now to test about with especially with fusion being a good ground to test them on yeah i mean my only problem is they've got no one to play ones in their team yeah i mean in terms of the one players that's where the issues sort of arise but personally i don't give a fuck about <laughs> that i'm mostly focusing on the 3v3 aspect because <laughs> that's what's pertinent to rocket league esports um uh, and i think that again this lineup could have a, a bit of a, a shock a shock on a shock on all moment in infusion um uh, uh but depending on who they face up against they could also go out in the qualifiers so i'll be curious to keep my eyes on this team uh, i think it could be a great idea i think that with rams obviously stepping in he could be a good coach pickup i've had a lot of respect to this guy um so you know i, I think that in terms of the free stuff we'll see where the cards fall in that respect but let's move on to talk about bds in what will be an interesting one a very interesting mm -hmm. one Do you know what at the very least i am very i'm pleasantly surprised that people didn't kick off on the drama side of this story uh because bds announced the other day that clex is out of the team um uh, so we'll start there um, because I don't think he was the right player to remove Bacon. Um, I, I don't think he, I, don't, I, I honestly don't think that they should have removed Clay X. Like I respect the decision to do so. We'll cover that in more detail in the mailbag section. Um, uh, but for me, I feel like that this team had a little bit more room to grow, uh, going into the next season of the championship series. Um, uh, I, I respect the idea to make that must move, but all things considered, um, I think that they were on the up and up. I think they had one bad performance in the uh, uh, in, in the spring series, which you know, uh, to their credit, like you know, they, they were up against a team that now has one of their players on Veloce. Um, and I think that just that that one little spark in, uh, spike in, uh, in in downfall is not enough for me to justify uh, a big sort of uh, a, a, a big sort of shift around um, uh, for BDS as well as that. They also lost to the best team in the world or the best team in Europe, Vitality, probably the world Vitality uh, in that bracket. So for me, I can mitigate some of the some of the circumstances surrounding those results. Um, yeah. But they still removed Clayx for me. And I'm just like, okay, that's... Um that, that's not how I would have gone about it, to be honest. I would have kept the team together for at least a little bit and see where we went from there. So, yeah, not only the fact that Archie going over to Veloce from Clappers, but there's also a link with Joris over to Dignitas. You oh, know, yeah, so that, that, that well. Clappers team looking ready to have been picked up because everyone can see their power. But yeah, Except I Paul completely Calix, who agree. was like, the, the, the driving force behind this brand and this lineup and still has not been picked up or rumored to be picked up by any big team. I, I still always feel have bad to say, for the guy. I feel bad for it, but Calix still, for me, only looks to be an ROLRS player, competent ROLRS player. I'd say, you know, top six to always stay in that bracket. Same to Rick's Ronde, but do I see him making ROLCS? 
not really not of his own accord you know uh, but looking at this roster, I think you're absolutely right. Because you had me worried there for a second. You're like, Cleus was not the right man to move. I was like, oh boy, what are you saying? Get rid of Mark, mate? Monkey me? Yeah, what the fuck are you saying? Uh, look, He's clearly the weakest player. Yeah, let me clarify it because, like, you know, I, I, I think that in, in the grand, that if you had to if you had to absolutely pick one player or die, it would have to be Cleus. But I also think that it's just not the right time to make that move. Um, no. you know, I think that's the point I was trying to get at, you know, just to just to clarify for people um uh, even then you know i still think Clex is a very very respectable player you know like he um uh, he has some really good fucking moments uh, in, in the in the rival series he's had some really good moments across his entire career so for bds you know again i just feel like it was uh, uh too uh, too soon and you know too 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 quick to the move bacon i don't get what they're aiming to gain from this as well Clex, yes did have some inconsistency issues we know that but when he's you know on form he hits hard natural yes brings more consistency but his highs are not as high as clay x's so i feel like this is at best a sideways move for bds of so what do they really have to gain this to me just seems like you know younger team coming through to the rlcs a sort of mindset issue right i mean <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? I guess that kind of leads us into the next sort of thing uh, onto that because like, you talk about mindset and, and mentality issues. And well, Clayx did have a twit longer out, which sort of describes uh, his uh, his side of the story. And uh, did did you get a chance to to read through this, Bacon? Uh, yes, I have. You yeah. did, because and, and again, it's part of the reason why I'm glad that nobody picked up on the drama because, like, you know, I, I know the and I guess it's partially down to the fact that drama alert's not here anymore. But uh, he basically <laughs> out and out said it. He's like, "Look, right, Monkey Moon's. Uh, I've been on the I've been under unfair pressure in recent weeks, um, and I felt my own teammates didn't trust me. Monkey, I would say his bad attitude as a teammate and his low values when it comes to promoting the, the value of a team uh, uh, have been decisive for me to leave. Um, uh, I will not say bad about Mark and Kale since." I shared too much with them, uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and, and I want to keep my stuff with Mark private. And it's like, well, that's just straight up fucking calling out Monkey Moon for fuck's sake, you know? <laughs> like, the, uh, and I think that obviously it seems like there's internal issues that have caused this roster to uh, to, to to make that shift. Um, and obviously he also made a mention that it was made at the end of spring series, which again, mitigating circumstances, you lost to a team that are now severely on the rise and one of the best teams in the world. Like what the fuck do you have to take away from that? Anyway, um, you know, there, and, and <laughs> it, it's a big sign of know your place. Yes. That is a harsh way to put it. But if you were suddenly there, like Singularity this season, making their changes, you know, if they're making that changes going because we want to win worlds, you're there going, even bringing in, and we'll go on to this in a little bit, but even bringing in Scrub Killer, that ain't going to win you worlds, but boys, you know, you've got to just realize where you are in the scene and come to a great realization. That's why when we look at this with BDS and I mean, it's been called out, but Monkey Moon, dude. This was a team that next season should be able to fight to stay up. That is what you've got to make your goal. You're not going into the next season of RLCS and winning it. Come on. No. Have that realization about yourself. And you, you do get this with teams. And I just, again, I like the BDS, like the org behind it. They seem to be super solid. But this, and I thought I liked this team, but. 
I mean, that sort of proof and how quickly they can turn on one of their own players is well. Boring. And that's the case with it. Seems to be every fucking roster. It seems mm-hmm. you know, like you know, I, and like at the end of the day, I also appreciate the fact that it's business, and I don't blame Monkey Moon for thinking, hey, if we make this move, we'll be in a better place overall. And it's like, okay, fine, sure. Um, I just think that again, it was the wrong move to make at the wrong time, and mm-hmm. I, I realize that as an outsider, that's very easy for me to say uh, whether or not that will actually come up into practice depends on who BDS's third will end up being, and they haven't confirmed any particular permanent thirds they are trying one they are trying natural out which is going to be an interesting perspective but um uh Again, for me, I feel like on the one hand, I feel for Clex because I don't think the roster move should have been made, but I also kind of understand Monkey's position on this one, trying to be in this uh, angle of uh, right. Look, you know, I want to be in, I want to be in the best team in the world, but like that takes time, that takes development, and I think that if you would develop with Clex, you would have found a better understanding of what it is you're looking for in the next tier of the scene. Because again, two results, that's not a good enough measure for me. Like a season, if you get relegated from that, sure, you know who you're going to pick up, you know who, what, what kind of player you're going to have, and, and and what kind of uh, you know play style you want to play to when it comes to progressing to the next level but you know, losing to the to two of the best teams that you could argue or, or some of the best players in the entire tournament like that's just not enough to go off of for me so you know like for, for, for bds i think they made a mistake um uh, and i'll be curious to see where they go from here uh natural is their standing for this one quick thoughts on what you think about this guy obviously he's got that spanish pride in for them um mm-hmm. uh, but what do you think about this team's performance together uh, in uh, going forward in fusion and in other tournaments like I said, I, I I was a little shocked that they got rid of him off of Endpoint. I can see it, but I feel like Natchtel, they're hoping it's just going to bring more consistency, more stability to the team. But again, that, that just feels so weird. So sideways performance. If BDS don't make top eight, I probably won't be massively surprised, of course, with new roster. But considering how many new players have joining new teams at the moment their goal should still be to qualify through in probably the lower bracket if they do do it so bds we'll have to see but i i don't think their test is coming in and qualifies it'll be after that because then with that little bit of experience a little bit of time they won't have excuses at that point you know Indeed, yeah, no excuses anymore. Right, uh, let's move on to our next for the story, our next roster, uh, Singularity, trying out Scrub Killer uh, to confirm the rumors that had been flying around, and in particular, quite funny because Scrub Killer was uh, chatting shit about Though back when the rumors originally cropped <laughs> up. So it was uh, quite an entertaining sort of read to see this come through, and it's like you know now Scrub's got to fucking uh, eat his own words. Um, uh, but they are trying him out. And this is an official move, obviously. Um, uh, you know, Scrub Killer's already made that apparent. I think it's already been made apparent in terms of uh, Singularity's perspective in this whole thing. Um, uh, and uh, they'll 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 have him in exclusively. It seems to fusion to see how well it will go. Obviously, for him to get picked up, it means it's a massive ones one v one pickup for Singularity. They'll have a, a great oh, sort yeah. of stance in those matches. Uh, for the three v three zone as well, I want to talk things about because obviously him being such a big player to add to the Singularity side. Like we the, when we were touting players to move in in place of Godsmiller, like obviously we were. Saying Scrub Killer has got to be your guy, and well, here he is. So now it's probably going to have to, going to, have to prove the, the points we were making back in those previous episodes because, like, I don't think you could have found a better free agent to be honest. Oh, definitely. Like Singularity have picked up the best free agent there is at the moment. My big question though, from Scrub, because he recently got 
he recently signed up with like a talent agency. Uh, I think se- that's for his content rather than his player uh, situation. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what this deal is with that. Um, uh, I personally don't care because it's not esports directly. Um, I know that there are agents that sort of like you know handle stuff like negotiations and such. And uh, you know, you know, I, I've had an agent in the past for, for esports work. So, you know, in that respect, it's not really related to the team per se. It's probably getting. He's probably he's probably got this agency from from the esports side of things. So that way, he doesn't run into the <laughs> same contract problems that he had with Mouse Sports. So that's my take on that whole thing. Um, yeah. I don't think it affects anything in respect to the singularity move. I, I was going to say, like, to me, this looks like he's probably just firmed himself up. And after getting this secure, and he, it's like a management, uh, yeah, management firm for him. He probably feels a lot more confident in his future and where to go. And we just hope singularity can, you know, f- I'm, I'm guessing pay the price for him because I'd imagine he's probably come to this team looking for a hefty contract. And I don't know, he could be the lad that could see this team make it to a top four spot. But is it like this, this team for me is a lot of uncertainty because it's got so much potential, but I don't know if they'll reach that potential because you've got a lot of big voices there. Definitely Scrub coming on in as a massive name for the pickup. We'll just have to see what they do, but Singularity for me will be gunning for one of those eight spots definitely like yeah this is one with scrub and how he plays like with new players anyway this is one where they should be going on through and anything less would just be absolute disappointment they are going to look to cl- like you know slap about their opponents straight out the gates yeah, and uh, I think that uh, um, I, 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 again, I, I feel like that that uh, we've kind of covered all the all the necessary sort of bits and pieces about that. And uh, if they don't make it to the main event, at least that's like the minimum sort of like standard for me. Um, uh, after that, I, I guess we'll see how well they'll do in the, in the individual brackets. Obviously, with each one being different game modes, you can only go so far with that. So I'm. Um, uh, mm. Let's move on and talk about our final roster move in this grand sweeping big roster mania start because Triple Trouble have announced their newest tryout. Uh, obviously, the last one didn't go so well, but Cash is back in. <laughs> After a successful tryout with AS Monaco, I didn't expect him to be moving out so quickly. I'm not sure if they didn't like his uh, particular performance. No, 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 no. This really? is all on Cash. This all on Cash. Okay. So Cash is... He, I am actually going to call him out and say he's smart here because he is looking like with his performance last season, every RL RS team wants him and he knows that. So he's trying with every single team after fusion, he will make his choice and he's just got hope like, you know, if AS Monaco that that will stick. But right now it's looking like he's going to have that final sp- try with triple trouble then he sort of like had a test with each of the uh confirmed rors teams next season and he'll pick from there for me i'm looking at this and just going i i reckon he'll probably stick with as monaco with that current performance because i can't see him matching that with tadpole and uh probably yeah and tadpole and bluey here so it's going to be super interesting do we think they're going to make it on 3J? That's the question. 
Well, and that's the thing, right? Because like you talk about him and what he can do, and the question for me is, can he be another alpha? Because remember, alpha, the reason why he's so successful right now is because he went from being a striker to a bit more of a weird sort of like independent, uh, you know, sort of like you know, versatile role. Mm -hmm. So his transition in that and his versatility there was very well for both rival series and championship series level. And for Cash, obviously, going from a very prominent sort of role in his uh, in his old team to now this new lineup where you've got Tadpole as the definitive captain, Bluey, he was the definitive unbeknownst and unchallenged striker, and it's like you know where, where, where does cash slot into the into the uh, lineup is the question for me because i think that he could very well be uh, a, a, a major part of the system but with tadpole and the way that he plays he doesn't really play in like you know the way that fruity captains a team in the sense that he goes back and plays supportive and does and tries to be the backbone he plays a bit more like you know like it has a bit more of an active role in the striking and, and and everything else with the triple trouble lineup so for me i feel like very similar to the way that he so cash could get quite lost in this lineup Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree, and I think this team is going to flop. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work at all. That's going to be so degrading for Cash as well because like he could have stuck with AS Monaco, who I think honestly they had something really good going for them there. Like yeah, they didn't make it to the main Spring Series tournament, but they did lose to a team that went pretty deep into it and only lost to the second place team in the end. Uh, you know, uh, I think that AS Monaco given but one 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 slightly Monaco better performance. So I think he's going to be able to go back quite comfortably because he's being very open about what he's doing right now, which doesn't leave any bad feelings. He knows it's going to be a long off season. So I reckon this is going to be a flop. He goes back to AS Monaco and like, yeah, with how we performed in spring series qualifiers. Yeah, let's try and build this right now. Yeah, I think Cash has got a number of options ahead of him. Um, I'll be curious to hear out in the triple trouble lineup, but I think that they're still going to be looking for that third after fusion because I just don't think mm -hmm. Cash is the right guy. Even though Cash is such a good player and he's got such a good future ahead of him, possibly RLCS talent, um, you know, I, I just don't think this is the lineup that's going to do it for him. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see this tryout fail and see where it goes from there. And that's the going to conclude. Go on. I was going to say the bigger thing, and it, I hope one of the two are listening. Tadpole Bluey. Stop bringing in strikers. <laughs> you need to get another supportive player. This should be obvious right now. I know you don't like it because everyone thinks, oh, we should be a free man team. But no, just no. Come on, lads. You're just looking oh. silly. Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, Tadpole, I know he listens to the show. So, you know, <laughs> that, that's definitely directed at you more than anything else from Digital Bacon. <laughs> and we'll see how well Triple Trouble do in Fusion and, and beyond, especially in those qualifiers, right? That's it for the news. That's it for our big roster breakdown. Like we probably spent about two hours on this shit already, or like at least an hour yeah. and a half on the news section already. And we've got one more hour left in the show. So let's try and see if we can speed through a number of these topics before we get started. Our first uh, segment, of course, after the news will be the mailbag section. Of course, if you want to get involved in the show, the only way is through the mailbag section. Go to the Discord in the show notes and video description. There is an episode of the podcast. Uh, click that link, follow us into our community, and go to the mailbag channel where you can ask a question like Aspect has done. And this is going to be a fucking doozy because he's basically written an entire paragraph um i appreciate the details mate but that makes timestamps fucking difficult especially <laughs> when i'm on a character limit in the fucking description okay so aspect asks with the news that clay x may be off the bds roster without ever having played a game for them in the rlcs how do you guys feel about teams that have just promoted to an rlcs making a change whether that be kicking a player or a player leaving to join a different rlcs team i have seen some people suggesting that psionic should implement a rule uh, that newly promoted teams have to stick with the same roster for their first season 
Uh, while I I think this could uh, potentially be a good change, the flip side argument is that the rule may never allow upcoming players to flourish. For example, would Justin be the same player now uh, if if he... Would Justin be the same player he is now if he had never left OLS to join NRG straight after uh, promoting to RLCS? Well, basically, you've you've answered your question right mm-hmm. there for the sake of us. Like, I, I, like it's either the, the the former or the latter in that respect. Like, which which side do you rest on? For me, I'm resting on the latter because I don't think that uh, you know that 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 losing a player, that they're kicking a player, is a bad thing when promoting to the RSC. Yes, like just look mm. at what Veloce did. You know, well, you might not respect the move itself. What you might think is a bit dickish to kick a player after you've just promoted with that player. Think about what Veloce did. They kicked Nils Cook, they picked up Cassio, and ever since then, it's been hunky-dory. You know, like, yeah, they've had some mm. questionable things. We've talked about them maybe skating by on certain results, but this past gone season, I think that most of their results have been pretty legit. Um, uh, and I think that's uh, all, all, all in all, that those can be positive sort of elements. Like, yes, I don't think any roster that can make it through from the rival series could go on to be championship-winning teams. And at the end of the day, when you get to championship series level, you're looking to try and make it to that next step. Uh, and I think that if you could see a move that will get you there then you should be allowed to make it I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing all the time um, you know while there can be some salty people individuals and obviously you know uh, you know, so, some people that think hey I've been I've been hard done by like at the end of the day it's business you know like you know I, mm-hmm. I don't think that you should be treating this as like an unbreakable friendship if you're in a team like you know like you've got to make moves to get to the top end of the things and sometimes you're going to be the guy that gets cut you know and, and, and that sucks sure but you've got to move, take it on the chin and move on with the next uh, with, with the next uh, um, uh, you you know, we're the next project. You know, you just got to just, you know, again, you know, the path to success is not a, a, a win and fail sort of split. It's usually a case that you just go through fail after fail after fail after fail until you hit something that's successful. And sometimes you never hit that. Sometimes you hit it on your first try. Sometimes, you know, it, it's a bit of a complicated thing. And I just think that in, in the case of Clay X obviously being off the BDS roster, like, you know, like mm-hmm. he's still got talent. I still think he's got an opportunity to move in. Like I said, I don't agree with the move, but it's absolutely within the right of, of Monkey and Mark to make that move. Yeah, if they feel like with ClayX in this upcoming season, they're not going to be able to, let's just say, secure themselves with on the team into RLCS for the following season, yeah, it's completely within their right to make that move. Again, Jay, like you said, we don't believe it's the right one. And you, you've seen, let's just uh, talk this previous season with both SNG and Endpoint sticking with the roster. Singularity just got that uh, seventh place spot. But Endpoint were in the uh, relegation tournament. Should Endpoint have made their roster move beforehand and maybe secure themselves? Who knows? You don't know that answer for sure because it never happened. And that's always the case, isn't it? So right now it comes down to players. But like we said before, it feels like it's too... Maybe the, our only problem is that it's too uh, brash for the players to be making these decisions. They need to think it out a little bit more. Whether that comes down to... Silence trying to force orgs to have a, a heavier say that could help because then the orgs can take their knowledge and their wisdom from working within other esports and apply that to their players, especially with their previous knowledge of Rocket League. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, and you can't blame the teams for making those changes. Yeah, and you know, like I think that anybody who suggests the idea of implementing implementing a rule like that is just a little bit missing the point to me. So, um, yeah. you know, um, let let it be what it is. Accept the moves as they go. And if you're in that position where you're on the re- on the wrong receiving end of that, then just fucking again take unlucky. it on the chin, move on. It's unlucky, mate, but that's just the way that things work. And it applies to any roster move. Like, just stop taking it personally, guys. If you go out on Twitter and start, you know, slamming the fuck out of your uh, of your uh, of your teammates or your ex teammates, like you're just gonna look very 
really fucking unprofessional and you don't want that to happen because people are watching this and that people have already got enough reasons not to enter Rocket League. Don't be another one to add to the fucking list. Anyways, thank you, Aspect, for your question. I move on to talk about Trox. Uh, he uh, asks us, half yearly, what the, my half yearly, what does Rocket League Esports need to propel the game forwards question? Um, uh, which is sort of like his, his recurring thing. <laughs> sort of like, hey, what the fuck do we need to, to let Rocket League Esports propel the game forwards? I mean, the thing about this is that there's a lot of solutions, uh, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm a very big proponent of open circuit because I'm just like, hey, let us take control of it and see, show you fuckers up as psionics because I think we can do a better job. Um, uh, realistically, though, that's not going to happen. Um, uh, and, and like I said, with the with the whole um, uh, uh, with the whole like uh, spring series thing, like we just need to see a big tournament circuit and a lot of different tournaments being posted up here for the COVID season uh, so we can uh, get some online stuff going so we can fucking, you know, sell some product because like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to get us in ESPN and BBC, like they're going to be clampering for content. They're going to be needing some shit going on on their channel. So that's the perfect chance to get on TV, perfect chance to put us in front of a big audience. And it's like, in order to do that, we need some big tournaments. We need Sonics to support those tournaments because they're obviously good at content syndication as they've proven with the spring series uh, uh, broadcasts. So for me, that's the big thing is getting Sonics to just say, hey, let's do a shit ton of tournaments, pump a load of money into it and just say, fuck it for the next six months, you know? Uh, yeah, like for me, the easy response is a competent, you know, management team for the <laughs> esports side of things. But realistically, yeah, you just got to start putting something out. When it, we, we've we've gone over this so many times, Shane. When when you're there, not knowing what is next, like we're just assuming RCS is happening next season because you know the team's got their spot, but we don't know anything about that. Any times you look towards say League of Legends that, and you know when the next season is going to be happening, like it's all laid out ahead of you. The same with Counter Strike goes on for ages. You know what's happening at the end of this year, don't you, Jay? Even the yeah. start of next year with with Rocket League, we don't know. Like okay. Okay, so we got this off season. When does the off season end? When is next season started? That should be something easy to put in, you know, pencil down. Even given us a range of dates, like a two week window, that's all we ask for. But none of that right now for me. That's big because it also means, like, straight up for many different projects. When and right now, if you've got a tournament that you're trying to run, let's just take, for example, the Swiss scene, Jake, we know that quite intimately. When they're trying to book in when their finals are so that they don't overrun with RLCS, they don't overrun with, any, with major tournaments because they're trying to get as many viewers as they can because they're really, you know, f- skating on thin ice a lot of the time with these lower tournaments. They're trying to figure it out. And when that isn't public, when that isn't known, and they go to Sionics, they ask for it, and they're not trusted, naturally, because Sionics don't seem to trust anyone with any knowledge. <laughs> they they can't do anything there. They're just hoping. Suddenly it gets announced once they've done their announcement, and they're just there, like, either going, thank fuck we dodged the bullet there, or they've been hit, and they suddenly go right do, do we just have to go ahead with this or yeah. do we have to change how do we our, fix this <laughs> what, what do we do do we just have to bite the bullet and maybe make our finals instead of being like what they were trying to do at 4 p.m in the afternoon because that's like prime time do they then have to change it to being 10 a.m in the morning because they can't be broadcasting at the same time as the rcs you're just creating more problems by being so inadequate 
Yeah, and I think, again, that just kind of serves Sonic's bottom line only, and it doesn't do anything for the esports mm. infrastructure as it stands, which obviously is the main issue, I think, They're when it comes to that whole thing. themselves as a, yeah. as a game as well. It's so crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. You know? Like, here's the thing. Like, uh, while a lot of companies are not, and, and, and uh, developers don't want to believe this, the fact of the matter is, is that a good esports infrastructure promotes the game by default. Okay? Look at Counter-Strike. That is... You know, the best example is going to, for me, actually, is going to be Counter-Strike, actually, because like you see how fucking this entire circuit is going. And it's like you think Counter-Strike, a game that came out in 2012, is still doing well with an old engine, old old assets, and, you know, a, a fucking, you know, a, a, a really old style of game that's been going on, that's been unchanged since, like, 1999. So like you look at that, and it's like, hey, maybe maybe they've got something going for them here with this whole esports promotion thing. Like maybe the reason why they're breaking up fucking, you know, a, a player-based records at 1.3 million you know play, concurrent players at any one time mm. at its peak it's like maybe they might have something going on here and it's just me it's not because Valve are doing anything with their promotion they have not run a fucking Counter-Strike ad in decades okay yeah. it's all been down to the interaction of the community a little bit of content and output in terms of the operations and of course the esport being the primary focus of the fucking game right that is the reality of, of the situation and I think that you know so I actually need to do a whole lot more when it comes to cracking the next thing over but not only just in terms of you know allowing a few more, uh, you know, allowing a few more community TOs to make or other third party tournament organizers to make majors and make other things. Um, uh, you, you know, you know, for me in particular, I think that the main thing that they have to do is also establish a calendar before the calendar begins. Just get together mm-hmm. in September and just go on through the next uh, few, the next couple of months, just be like, right, we want to put RCS here and here. We want to have majors here, 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 and here. We're going to, we want Dream out to do these. We want these guys to do that and just fucking just spend a few months to fucking organize the future uh, of the next year of the calendar. And that should be enough to set things up. You know, then that communicate with your partners, communicate with your players. Uh, you know, you know, good tournament organizers will find that out anyway because they're fucking good at their jobs. And then from there, they'll be able to run an actual circuit. You know, like th- that's that's mm-hmm. how it should be going from my perspective. But I don't see that happening whatsoever when it comes to uh, Rocket League. And again, the issue comes down to Psionics needing to step up to the plate and do things on their end yeah and again it's just not hard to sign ndas and all that keep it to very small teams that know my best example jake right now going on uh within rainbow six they're doing a lot of little national leagues uh one that was just announced uh officially sponsored was the uk and ireland one where they're just keeping it very close very online and then you've got organizations like epic land or whatever that are doing their online lands this time around so they just host they're taking what they would be doing in lamp but instead putting it online um a lot cheaper for them of course they've got lots less overheads but they're still trying to keep the name and brand going and they're running it at the exact same times or sorry the exact same dates as the official ubisoft you know rainbow six siege sponsored tournaments the difference is that they're not doing it at the same times and they work this out together that is just what you want those players yes might be stretched thin across those dates but the problem the result is that they've got two tournaments of playing opportunity to make double well not double the amount of money but more money they're not going to turn that down are they and it just feels so weird that scientists can't think of that same thing yes there could be a european tournament taking place on the saturday yes it's on rcs weekend but there is no european rocket league officially on the saturday why can't you put something there? It's not going to clash with the NA side of things because the NA won't start until, Christ, it's normally like about eight, nine o'clock in the evening, European side. So you just tell them, yeah, you're allowed to have European Rocket League going, but it just has to have this as the cutoff point. 
you know, then your finals have to be in the morning or, you know, early afternoon before we go live with the European stream. It's not a hard thing to get your head around, is it? And understand, this is not exactly a new prospect or a concept like this in esports, right? Dota 2, every year, Valve, they go ahead and they communicate all this information. You know, they, they communicate, you know, not only where mm. they want their majors and minors to be, but what you can and can't stream, which for the most part is just go fucking ham, boys, you know? Um, th their way of doing things in Dota is to enforce a circuit by prestige rather than by limitation, which has worked so fucking wonderfully because it means that not only does the pro circuit establish a good professional scene and also promote the game through Valve's own indirect, uh, from, from their own direct um, uh, contributions, it also means that they promote the game through indirect sort of allowing open uh, open tournaments uh, to, uh, to to work uh, within that uh, within that context. You know, they allow uh, you know other tournament organizers to mm. make whatever tournament they fucking want. You know, you can be a low level TO and do it like that. And from there, you know, like things just kind of work out, if that makes any sense. Because uh, I like, you know, f for me, it feels very, um, uh, it feels just very haphazard in the way things are going about in, in terms of like, you know, the organization of things for Sonics. And again, they're going to be so much better with it for me. And I think once they crack that, then that's when we move into the next, uh, uh, into the next, uh, uh, you know, the next step Era. for Rocket League Esports mm. uh, for, for me. Um, uh, just that development side needs to be worked on. But thank you for your question, Trox. If you want to know more details on that, by the way, then just go check out our State of the Scene address because we address basically everything that we just talked about and then some uh, for what Rocket League needs to uh, uh, be and what Rocket League needs to improve upon. Not Blonde Mon Monkey. Monkey? Not Blonde Monkey asks us, monkey. when do you see... Nah. Uh, Blonde Blon Blon has asked us, when do you see the next region being added to RSC? Yes, uh, your answer is never. Thank you for your question. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, though, like, you know, we've, we've seen promises from fucking Asia for the longest time ever, and none of them have been fulfilled. So what the fuck do you expect me to answer here? Like, you know, like what, what are you expecting from the RLCS? Like, you know, I, I just don't see anything fucking coming up anytime soon like unless there's somehow they only get added if there's a whole restructuring of everything yeah. that's it yeah like the only way i can see any region being added is if somehow in civic's massive sponsorship of johnny boys tournament somehow convinces them that hey sandrock need to be involved in the rcs and then they fund an mea and uh, uh no they'll uh, just get thrown in with eu it would just be slapped on, stapled on. Actually, the more likely thing is well, that's if what I'm somehow, because right? we don't know it, if somehow over in China, uh, with what Tencent's doing, it rockily becomes big in China, and then suddenly Tencent, with their part of it, just suddenly go, okay, can we have one team, two teams that get their spot into Worlds? Can we just have that as stapled on? We'll run our end, and then you just bring them on that. That's the only way that I can see the next region getting their own little bit, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, th those are the only two outcomes that I could see coming through for it. But that's like, you know, th again, the realistic terms of that happening, it's fucking very unlikely. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's just the way that things go when it comes to psionics is that they're very ignorant to the actual goings on outside the scene. Like Asia, I think, needs to be represented. Um, but the only way that's going to happen is if we do an overhaul of the scene. I'd love to see Middle East get a chance at the Rocket League space. Same thing with CIS. And I think if you combine those two regions, the pings would be okay and everything would just kind of work out pretty well for them. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Sonics just don't care about that. They want to support their own individual regions. They don't even want to touch fucking OCE in South America directly. They just want to leave those to Rocket Street and whoever the fucking Europe as it is already. You know, like that's exactly what I mean. You know, like, and that's the fucking major region. So, like, you know, what what what, what, what are you expecting out of new newer regions? Like, I just don't see any of it happening. So. 
you know, like it's a quick one to answer, and I realize it's a bit disappointing. But even so, mm. it's just like you know, what what else are we? Uh, what else do we expect to? Uh, 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 do we expect out of out of the Rocket League scene? Like you know, there's just not much that you can hope for at the end of the day. So, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and, and I'm praying. But to be honest. I can't expect. So thank you for your question, Blonders. Uh, we, I think we've got a bad enough time. Do you think we've got enough time for the last two questions? Should we leave them for this week? Uh, do we want to do the tournament roundups? We can We can either leave the tournament roundup for next week and do it then, you know, covering what we've got now, or we can cut this out. Your choice, Jay. Do we do more mailbag questions? Let's or do, do more tournament? mailbag. And if we if we take forever to do that, then we, uh, we if we can finish it up in the next fifteen minutes, I say, then we can do the uh, we can do the the, the tournament <laughs> roundup. So. John, aka always, asks us thoughts slash comments slash reactions to this post by the dad of RL Esports himself on leaks. Um, uh, um, uh, he also clarifies this is a serious mailbag. Don't worry, I, I, I do know. Uh, he <laughs> links up this thread on Reddit uh, from CloudFuel, basically uh, ranting about the leaks that have been coming out from stuff like guys like us and from Shift and from whoever the hell else has been promoting the stuff that maybe the common the common individual does not really is not really aware of when it comes to Rocket League Esports transfers now. His general sort of like prospect is against the idea of leaks, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, um, you know he, his argument against them seems to be seems to be like you know these types of leaks force players and teams and organizations to change their announcement plans or rob them of an opportunity to announce their own schedule and deflate what, what would otherwise be an exciting reveal. And to that, I respond. You really would not like fucking football <laughs> transfer rumors, mate. Like, holy shit. It's worse. Like, you know, the, the, here's the thing, right? You know, we, like, you know, shift the leakers. We don't do as much journalism as we should do here on the show, even though we try our best to do as much as we can. Um, and like, those guys are fucking manic. So like, if you're comparing it to regular sports, like, you know, this is just commonplace. Like people want to know about these things. Like despite what the what the vocal minority will say, like oh leaks are bad, leaks are bad. Who are you to be trusted? It's like the truth of the matter is, is that the reason why we do these things is because they get attention coming our way and they get us views and they get us what we need to. Like you know, some of our most popular articles on the website have been the roster rumor roundups. So you mm-hmm. know, and and some of the most uh, popular sort of parts of the show, as according to our analytics, have been the times where we report on things that people don't otherwise know about. And part of it is down to our punditry and expertise. But you know. That that's just that's just the way of the, the lay of the land. People are interested in this stuff, and we're going to give it to them with mm. being the first source to be that, uh, assuming it's correct. You know. Yeah, the only thing that could fix this, Jeremy, we've seen it with. I mean, you'll know it from CS as well. Is the orgs themselves coming to us, or you know, to these leakers, whatever? When you see them, and just going, okay, this is happening. We can confirm it with you, but through professional respect, we want you to hold off on announcing this, on leaking it, um, or putting it out on you know a post or whatever until a certain date when this is all set in stone because we don't want these plans and it's basically transparency at the end of the day because there's a lot of professional respect within Rocket League if you say to someone like let's just say Shift suddenly had Orcs come to him and say you will be the first that can post this but can you do it on this date when everything is set in stone you know we want you to we'll, we'll allow you to put an hour beforehand you know instead of leaking today 
most people, and I definitely know with the respect of the shift guys, that they'd probably go, yeah, sure, we can do that. That's absolutely fine. You know, because we're still getting our aspect. We're still getting our leaks out there. You know, we're still getting the views rolling through that way because largely the first hour is when you get most of your viewership, and isn't it, on Twitter and all of that. So if they're still getting what they want and respectfully from the org, it looks better. It's all a win-win. It just comes down to a lot of professional respect and then in some cases, you know, signing stuff like NDAs, holding yourself accountable to following through with it. Yeah, no, and I just think that, you know, it, it, even then, like, you know, it just proves that you're a good journalist if you can access these stories before the fact, and if you can you mm-hmm. know, verify them and report on them, then that's absolutely fine. You know, again, this is just common practice. You know, like, you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure why Cloud's so against it, even though he stated his arguments. It just feels to me that it's just like, you know, just more of like a, I feel like we shouldn't have a leak sort of thing. And it's like, well, sorry, that's that's not how it, the world works. It feels works. more like he feel, uh, it's no longer fun with all the speculation because the speculation isn't there you know i think that's where it's coming from where the fun of it or what's going to happen in this off season is just being taken away because instantly everyone knows straight away because the leaks are coming out because quite frankly the players are moving fast and the and the guys that are giving the information and putting it out there are moving just as quick yeah and uh you know it's, it's just good journalism at the end of the day. That's that's the way that I see rants. That's the oh, that, that's the way I see leaks. I should say, and and I just don't just don't think the rant. I, I just don't think I agree with the rant. Even though you know Cloudview has a bit of a you know a, a stance to hold up upon. I think that for the most part, the comments in this um uh, thread kind of um uh, you know. In, in in this sort of uh, thing really sort of uh, you know highlights sort of like the, the, the issues with his logic and again credit to Cloudfuel he's one of those guys that will keep an open mind and obviously accept other sort of uh, mm-hmm. ideas like there's one actually uh, uh, thread in that co- uh, 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 comment in that thread which basically respectfully disagrees and just like look you know people discuss this information so you know they can critique and applaud it depending on how uh, how good it is but you know this is common in sports and Cloudfuel basically responded to basically fair enough I definitely enjoy insight and behind the scenes information but only when it's released in a professional manner which for the most part is what we're trying to do at the end of the day you know mm-hmm. like uh the, we're not fucking you know like just tossing around fucking random guesses and shit like we have inside information we aftershock verify our, our sources so fucking much the problem is, is that i've got so much other shit to do that at the end of the day <laughs> shift can get there first so you know like credit to oh, them and the yeah the that's why like we've had ones in the past where we've held off on releasing just because it felt like it we shouldn't be announcing that you know yeah there, there are so many cases like that so like, unless the, it, the, fir- the first one the first one that comes to mind is ronicky leaving triple trouble like we knew about that the day before it happened so you know um uh, (laughs) we we know like if if we wanted to we could just do what a shift are doing putting out tweets probably not as pretty with all the graphics we know even though you could probably just get templates set up but we don't feel like that's our area to do stuff is it we're we're definitely more in the content side of things um uh, Mm -hmm. and uh of course you can keep your eyes on all that content hopefully i've got another roster rumor roundup coming up very soon on rlaftershock.com so make sure you're tuning into all that of course (laughs) on (laughs) rlaftershock.com and thank you again for your question john aka always last question coming in from Felix. So what do you suspect is wrong at Psyonix and what do you think needs to happen in order for Psyonix to rethink the handling of the eSport? Now, the first part of that question simply is that Psyonix don't want to take risks anymore. Uh, based on based on the information that I've been able to gather and stuff that I've had with conversations from people who have worked directly or indirectly with Psyonix, um, uh, you know, they just don't really want to, um, uh, uh, they, they just don't really want to, you know, take a gamble on any further esports operations. And that's kind of like just, you know, 
been reflected in the attitude of a lot of the staff members, really. Like, you know, before, when it comes to Rocket League esports, a lot of the esports uh, team, you could get a hold of them so, so easily. But lately, that's not been the case. Like, I've not even had a response at all, you know, to, to a lot of the stuff that mm. I've tried to send to other people. So, you know, I'm... I'm just not really, I, I, I just don't really think that they fucking really, I just don't think that they have the ambition there anymore, to be honest. Like, you know, maybe at one point they did have it, but they just don't really have, um, uh, uh, I just don't really think that they're just interested in doing Rocket League esports as much as they were. You know, maybe there was some ambition when Josh was leading the team. Maybe there was some ambition when they first did the RLCS, but as of right now, like it feels like the approach is just run RLCS and put our fingers in our ears until anybody else, until everybody shuts up about Rocket League esports and where it needs to go. And it's like, that's just not the right well, way to approach it <laughs> just because it feels so fucking, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure. Yeah, corporate, you know, like it's like, it's one of those things we were having a discussion in Discord the other day. It's like, you know, why wouldn't Psionics put more money into their esports operation? It's because, well, it's better to run RLCS as a marketing gimmick rather than run a whole esports infrastructure because you can guarantee a certain level of return on one tournament. You can't guarantee any return on a, or, well, th there's no guarantee on a whole esports e infrastructure, even though there is a certain level of guarantee if you take a look at Dota. Mm. And, uh, and as well as that, you can't really, um, uh, uh, you know, it, it, you can't really compare the cost of running two tournaments a year or, you know, a small budget for a few tournaments a year versus the cost of creating an entire esport. Like, you know, the, the, the costs are just way too high. And for a company like Psionics, who are just interested in developing games, who have taken their risk in developing Rocket League in the first place, it feels to me like they don't want to take a risk and capitalize on what the game could be. Yeah, and again, the game just feels more like the casual audience is the focus here. It's not trying to push itself to be super serious, which with a game where it is heavily based on skill, like Rocket League, you've got to go for that esports market. You you can easily see this when you're watching on Twitch and... You, you see, I'm just going to point out a, a normal stream like Lyric or whatever, who does more of a variety basis. You can just see that their silver playstyle, and you're just there going, this is absolutely shit. This is not entertaining. I guess the stream room itself is a bit entertaining, but where I don't know a massive amount of them, you know, I don't watch them regularly, I'm not getting anything from this. Whereas if you tune into any of the pros playing whatever, you're watching this and being amazed about what they can do. So that, that always feels a bit weird for me. Right now, Jay, I, you, you know the epic uh, mystery sales that they've started doing? GTA just came out. I actually feel like I could see in a couple of weeks, maybe in Rocket League going on free for a week. And that's how they announce to Epic because it's always been that way, hasn't it, for a while? When is it going on the Epic store? Some people thinking it's going to go free to play. I feel like this whole scene, the reason why the esports has gone quiet, is that their current focus is on the casual market and the large focus of Psionics is getting it finally onto the Epic store. Like, that can be my only logical reason on why shit has just hit the fan and nothing has been prepared because that has not been the focus of Sionics, you know? 
Yeah, and you know, I think that again, that's the reason why I want Epic to take over and and and, and run mm-hmm. the esports operation because for me, I feel like just fucking just let them let them pump that money in and support the entire infrastructure because they've got an infinite amount of money that you, you can tell that if they're <laughs> able to put GTA up on their service for free, they've got money to fucking burn, guys. Right? Like mm. that's just the that's just the reality of the, the situation that they came to, especially when you know it's runoff a different thing and you look at the ubisoft games that have been going up on everything like that epic have money to burn and i think at the same time they come to good agreements because you look at this one rockstar where they um, or 2k i guess where they put it on in and given everyone because it's the ultimate version of the game a million in-game credits which realistically isn't a massive amount you know with how bad the gta economy has got but that's still you're giving away free money you're giving away what many have grinded for ages to get and don't get me wrong the game's like years old right now but it's still one that constantly has a high fan base gta didn't need to go for free you know it's already a massive game you look at all the role play that revitalized it on that so for them to bring this in now that ju- that's just more epic making a play rather than 2k slash rockstar isn't it yeah and i just think that you know when you can when you can sort out deals like that then running an esport for epic shouldn't be that hard again mm-hmm. just swing your big dick energy pump shit tons of money into the championship series maybe put some incentives behind some tournament organizers to run some third-party tournaments and just create a circuit based off of that and you know maybe not even too much of that just allow just say look right you will be included in process yeah, Easily how fuck, fuck, it, you know, stuff. fuck it, you know, that's what they do in in, in, our, in the uh, CSGO majors. So I just say, mm. hey, bid for our big sort of major tournaments here in the, in the circuit, right? You know, you can do so as long as you don't call it a world championship because that's reserved for us. And then, you know, we'll do the organization. Sure and, summer season uh, series, yeah. autumn, they're I mean, suddenly open to anyone to run and they are bidded upon for who gets to take that for the period. All happening on the Rock League uh, broadcast, but you're paid and you're trying to f- fight for the right for production that is easily done I mean, that's the thing. Just as a hobby, I've been putting together my own plan for how I'd run an e- esports, uh, how, how I'd run an esport, basically. Um, uh, and one of the things that I said was like, look, you run X numbers of majors per, you know, uh, uh, per per quarter, and then you just, oh, sorry, you run X numbers of majors per thing. And my idea would be that like you you run like one world championship event every quarter or so and then based on who is the biggest and the uh, uh, uh and based on who ran the best major you just give them a white label project to allow them to uh, run that world championship in their own right so let's just say oh esl run the best quarter run the best major of the first quarter therefore they get the world championship of that quarter dreamhack run <laughs> the best major of the second quarter therefore they get the world championship of that quarter for example you know to, mm-hmm. just to, just to, you know, maybe you could send that into half years for example and then from that way you encourage competition you encourage of development from each of the developers and you know th- that's also minimal ish sort of like you know investment from you like yeah you just have to put the money behind the world championships you have to put the money behind giving those guys you know the necessary funding to run those uh, tournaments as white label projects but even so like you know i think it's a better system than what we got right now where it's just silent control everything and they do a shit job of doing it you know like that's the way that i'd <laughs> see things Oh, yeah, definitely agree. And you, you get so many different, like we said, production companies out there, which if they had the chance to officially jump into Rock League, would bloody do that in a heartbeat. But it just, it, it's all being hampered and really not given the justice that it needs to be. 
Indeed. Thank you very much for your question, Felix. I think that hopefully answers your own question. And that's going to be it for the mailbag for this week. I don't know that there's one question that we haven't answered, and we'll get to answering that next week. Again, if you want to answer those questions, and of course you can do so in the mailbag section on the Discord server, which you can find in the show notes of your description of everything episode of the podcast. Again, go ahead and click that link and join our little community of Rocket League European fans. So let's move on to our tournament round. Let's try and make this quick, baby, because we have 25 minutes before we have to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Superstar League has been going on in their lone little corner of the Rocket League space. So despite Sionix's active sort of uh, limitations on third-party tournaments, Rocket, Baguette, and Co. have still been able to throw this whole thing together. It's got uh, five different language broadcasts, uh, which, of course, you can get involved in and are watching your own particular, uh, particular language. And uh, we've got two groups from the Superstar Leagues, uh, of course, with all the teams that have come through from the Star League tournaments, which we covered a few episodes ago. Uh, each of those individual uh, tournaments from the Rocket Baguette, Golden Dusk, Team Firewall, and Europa Rising Stars tournaments. So your groups as of the first couple of weeks of league play are as follows. By the way, this is all accurate as of 2.30 uh, on Tuesday, the 19th of May. So I realize that there's matches going on tonight a little bit later on. Oh, so there, um, uh, there is one result and just uh, look at Group B, just quickly. Uh, there was another game played last night by RGM, just for you. Well, fuck. <laughs> That's going <laughs> to fuck me over. All right. Well, let's just continue on with our, um, uh, let's just continue on with our current standings. But yeah, th these are all accurate as of Tuesday, the uh, uh, the 19th of May, before the matches have taken place. So, Group A sees quality control and super mode taking the first place positions, both being tied up at 2 0 in terms of their series wins and plus three on the game difference. Total Shan then carries out the top three position as they did drop two places after getting the initial head start. Uh, Team WB, WMB, or with my boys as they used to be known, uh, currently in fourth position. Georgia Joe lost their first game to sit in fifth and Zulu Shine uh, in sixth place with zero and two on their overall loss difference. And of course, Group B sees RGM topping it out with their three and zero. Their most recent victory, of course, being against some of them that happened last night. Mm -hmm. WLF in second place with their two and zero, oh, and to be played uh, to be playing against the uh, Galaxy Bank side uh, in, I believe, Thursday's matches, if I recall correctly. Yep. Um, what else we got? Uh, oh, yeah. Esports Berg uh, rising up two places to go to the third place position around that top three area. Somenum, uh in fourth. Sovet Geneva in fifth and Galaxy Band in sixth. And Galaxy Bang still yet to get a victory in on their board at the moment here. So... Let's talk storylines. Uh, quality control are the first one I want to focus on because despite the fact that they announced that they're all going to be looking for uh, different uh, uh, different teams going into the next season, they've still established very early sort of stances here in Group A. Oh, yeah. This is a team of all up-and-comers. Like, definitely Hibs and Hakeem are going to be players that I'll be uh, watching out for in the upcoming, like, RORS plans, Jay. But we already know what's happening with Archie. Come on, this weekend. Uh, I do believe it was this weekend for Fusion. Uh, he's going to be on that Veloce roster. You know, he's the lad that made it through the clappers. So he's already sort of broken through that barrier into a little bit of uh, stardom right now. So quality control, them topping it, they're showing that. Can you remember back during the um, Rising Stars, I think it was, before they made it into the Superstar League, that we were saying this is a team that are poorly inconsistent, but they've got so much strength. They've broken through and they've now found some consistency to themselves and are looking good whilst doing it. And... We look at where, you know, they, they dropped a game to Georges Joe. Now, Georges Joe having Drew's apparently Jack and Joy, like that is not bad at all. Dropping the game to them makes sense. And then 
they dropped two games, still getting the win, of course, against Total Shardin, who, you know, ROR's team from last season, uh, Nagflo, Dumain, and Tigre. That is not bad at all, is it now? No, it absolutely isn't. You know, I feel like uh, uh, quality control. They, they, I, I'm not sure whether I call it consistency, though. Like, I think that if they, they've hit one of their highs, you know, you talk about a team that's inconsistent and they have a lot of firepower, then usually their highs are just really, really high and they're really, really fucking good on those days. Um, uh, so, you know, I feel like maybe I think it's a little bit too early to call them consistent. If they do get all their results in and they win the whole thing, then fair play. I can call them pretty consistent in that respect. But um, uh, for me, you know, I feel like quality control start things off on the right foot in their group. I think that they're main concern is going to be super mode in week four because obviously that's the team that's like you know really mm. fucking gonna you know pop off and do some damage um because they're currently tied up with them in, in in the first place area so and that's with a sub on super mode by the way Duke yes. stepping on in for lewis p uh, I was gonna, I was gonna make a mention to that in our second little bit, obviously. Uh, but you know, <laughs> for 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 quality control, it's a good start. You know, taking out the likes of uh, uh, you know Georgia Joe and uh, uh, the uh, the total sh- uh, Shardin side is just you know just big stuff to be posted up. I think. Uh, and again, with the uh, with the players that they've got, especially in the case of uh, uh, in the case of Archie, like you know, it's not too surprising for them. Um, and I think that you know he, he, this will be his last little hurrah in the bubble scene before he goes on to bigger things, from my perspective. So um, uh, yeah. Quality control, they got quality control at the moment right now. So let's see if they can keep it going <laughs> into the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, Spain was the region that we highlighted the, the biggest sort of development and prospects out of the uh, out of all the teams here. Uh, Galaxy Bang and Supermo were the, were the squads that we were like, okay, yeah, these guys are going to go very far. And certainly that's applicable to Supermo, <laughs> a 2-0 in their own group. And as you mentioned, with a standing uh, with the likes of Gooch obviously being there. And Gooch is actually a pretty respectable player. Um, uh, uh, I wasn't expecting Luis, however, or Luis P to... To, uh, uh, to, to be such a, uh, I, I thought it'd be a much bigger sort of like loss. I thought for for this uh, uh, super mode side. Yeah, definitely. So you, yeah, anyone with a sub, you sort of write them off at this stage in the tournament. But big, big stuff. Them stepping on up, of course. Super mode. They haven't had hard opponent. They haven't had. Uh, easy opponents as well sorry with my boys that fake out econ and i do believe they've been summoning dementia for it or is it still with milo i can't remember off the top of my head but that's a super powerful roster and then the other one uh zulu uh to chain eversax riser and sebadam so super mode has not had it easy so big big ups to them of course it only gets harder next week or sorry tonight as of recording they should be going up against georgia joe so that for me will be the real big turning point because they've got to see if they can take them down and then of course quality control afterwards and they uh, finish their last week to shine so you just look at this and look at each and every team jen you go they're respectful like you you gotta look at every single match and just go Damn, that's a good result. Like the only two teams, again, because we know less of them, uh, Team Somnium and then Esports Berg, you sort of like always put those down. But those two sides have been doing decent themselves, haven't they? I was going to say, actually, because, you know, Galaxy Bang and the other squad that we mentioned, and they've kind of underwhelmed to me. You know, they've um, uh, uh, they've already gone up against some of them uh, in week one, and that was actually a surprising uh, 3-1 victory for the some of them side. So, mm. like, considering how uh, some of them themselves came in third place overall out of the Spanish leagues, I would have thought that Galaxy Bang would have been able to beat them out anyway, but apparently that was absolutely not the case for them. Um, uh, their second result came in against the Vecchia Geneva, which was admittedly a 3-2, so it was a down to game five, but 
but even so, Severt had some uh, uh, had some pretty good games above them, you know. Like and, and considering that they're currently sort of trying out different thirds, they're very very inconsistent as a result of that. Um, uh, Bateau has been certainly one of the better elements for them. It, it gave them that uh, uh, it, it, it gave them that second place position in the uh, Rocket Baguette Rising Stars. So seeing them right now in the, uh, uh, you know, still being able to take a position above Galaxy Bang, like, you know, I would have easily put Galaxy Bang to be the victors above Svet Geneva, but that's absolutely not the case right mm-hmm. here. And uh, for, for them, like, that's a bit of a concern because like, Galaxy Bang, they're still a pretty decent squad. And again, you know, like some of the players that we looked into this one, we thought, hey, they're going to be some players that, you know, could well be rival series talents alongside Supermode in the next uh, in the next couple of months. But their performance in this one has not been the best of starts. Well, straight up, Galaxy Bang with Atomic, you look towards what he's been doing with Magnifico and you're just there like, how is he not able to carry over that incredible form here? And it's a little bit bewildering. Again, against Savet Geneva, yeah, you would think Galaxy Band would get that, but Savet still has that two core team of Mirrorwing and Safair. And when Mirrorwing, like on that day, looks to be more in form, he can really bang out the goals. So it just, it's an interesting one there. We'll just have to see. But Galaxy Bang right now it is do or die. And the teams they got left, WLF, uh, Esportsburg. So who knows what happened there? But then RGM. That win against the Veteran Eva should have been their redemption. The one against Somnium was like, oh boy, what happened there? But yeah, Galaxy Bang right now, don't know what is going on with that team. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I don't know... I, I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about it. It's just not a very good. Um, uh, uh, it's just not a very good look. I think for the Galaxy Bank side. And again, mm-hmm. considering how much we we bigged up Spain to be the best sort of like fucking a uh, 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 region out of all the risers in in Europe, it's like, well, that's already going to shut us the fuck down, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, <laughs> come uh, on, Super Mode. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Super Mode. Let's go for this one. But for for Galaxy Bank on the next couple of weeks, they've got WLF. Um, uh, obviously, the team that's currently in second place. Um, and Esports Berg, uh, and after that they've got RJM. RJM, I think they're going to be uh, a very fucking hot, a bad time for the for the uh, Galaxy mm. Bank side. But for their Esports Berg and WLF results, like it, it, they're going to have to score like some three zeros to try and make up the room between yep. them and that third place position because these two losses, especially against two teams that you wouldn't have expected them to lose against, like you know that that's probably going to screw their opportunities at the uh, at, at the season finals. You know, yeah, the two teams they lost against are the ones that are only on one win in this little league play right now so they're behind and they are massively behind by all means you could just write galaxy bang off right now they just gotta really pull their socks up because redemption is there and you gotta think their wins would come in massive but they've got to get all three wins right now and i i can't see them doing it jay that is a massive massive ask yeah, and um, uh, I think it's going to be a bit too much of an ask for Galaxy Bang. I mm. think their season may already be over here. But, you know, officially, there's still a way for that to work. I mean, it requires a lot of losses from Solomon and Savet Geneva, for example. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, like uh, Galaxy Bang will need to get their victories in. Um, uh, uh, and, and again, like, you know, it's just going to be such a difficult ask for them. So I'm curious to see how they'll handle themselves from here on out. But, uh, yeah, disaster start may enter a disaster season, all things considered here, Bacon. So... I mean, again, let's go Somnium, <laughs> um, uh, and, and and for Somnium, uh, uh, sorry, uh, let's go um, uh, Supermode. I should say, actually, Somnium, mm-hmm. I guess you could say as well. Uh, but they, uh, for Supermode, they've got a chance. Supermode, especially, like the, the main thing for those guys is going to be that match against Quality Control for me. Like that's my fucking highlight of the season, right there. Just before it even starts to happen, like that that match is going to be so fucking lit. 
Mm. Oh, definitely. Like, we'll have to see how that'll work out. But Super Mode, just going forward, I can't wait to see all those matches. Uh, like I said, they've got Georgia Joe tonight uh, of Tuesday. Probably when you guys listen to this, make sure the tune on in on the 26th uh, next Tuesday, because that's against Quality Control. And that's the one which, Jay, I don't know about you, but that's one I cannot wait for, because that for me like will be the true test of super mode like that will probably decide the top two of group a anyway so i'm i'm excited boy I think we're all excited, I think, for the for, for those Spanish teams. But uh, mm. we'll move on to talk about another team that we're also pretty excited for, RJM. Now, obviously, we're talking about this team in the last couple of weeks and how they're making those moves. Uh, they brought in Rick's Ronde for the sake of, uh, of, of Superstar League, and it has been nothing but good times for <laughs> RJM. Uh, they have fits. had a... Yeah, they, they have fucking swamped for everybody. I mean, Esportsburg, admittedly, was a bit of a weird one. Um, uh, obviously, after week one was when Rex won, they really stepped into the falls. So, like, obviously, they haven't had full time to settle in for them. But they've still had a sort of similar sort of series against Savet Geneva. They still had mm. a similar sort of series against Somenham, um, against WLF and uh, Galaxy Bang. I don't see any reason why RJM in this current lineup should be able to have any worries. So, for me, right now, they're looking like the best team in the Superstar League. Oh, yeah. RJM should be safe in their group. I will say, Jay, though, when I look at this, I think Group A is harder than Group B. Just yeah. naturally by seasons, it just worked out that way. But the real test that will be WLF uh, next week, next Thursday, Thursday the 28th. That'll be, uh, if you haven't worked it out already, Group A plays on Tuesday, Group B plays on Thursday. Simple stuff. But yeah, it will just come down to that. Against WLF, that will be... A real enticing watch because WLF so far have sort of like not set a foot wrong. It seems like RG's pickup on Mouse propelled him to be able to suddenly get this team to its true performance as well. Like he has just gone from, I don't know, top of the, like not even top of the bubble scene, very middle. WLF were always fan favorites, but very much a nothing to really write home about. They had that short stint on say it was a year back or whatever, where they suddenly start bursting through on everything, but then that didn't really go anywhere. And now they're back and they're looking good and it can all just come down to, I think Arju's confidence these days is massive for this team. Yeah, and um, I think that for RJM as a whole, like if they if they want to stick with Rick's Ronde, I think that that's actually going to be the best move for them at the moment. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know, like there's not a whole lot of players on the market. Like I don't see any reason why any other players would want to go to to this team. Um, uh, and with Rick's Ronde already having that connection in, I think for RJM the next best thing is to uh, uh, is to step him into the lineup and fucking just rocket there from the rest of the rival series. You know, It'll be good I, I, that's for sponsors as well. Like, yeah. You've, yeah, you've lost justice, but keeping Rick's Ronde there, him and Mike Boy, yes, with Rizek, should be able to find a sponsor. I know in the Benelux region, tournaments are becoming quite hard to find, but you'd hopefully be able to get a Dutch uh, sponsor back you up, especially for ROS. Like, at the moment, Jay, it seems like that's your better choice, is trying to go and more on a national focus. It's why Notorious Legion picking up Awkward Turtles last season was a bit of like a, why? Why didn't you go for an Italian team with anything like that? But we'll see how it goes. That should be an interesting one, especially with RJM already having a season under the belt. Um, 
continuing on to next season safe, this should be a team which should now be plugging to solidify themselves, like not only in the ROWRS, but try and hope to stay up in the top half of ROWRS and be a good enticing option for orgs to then go to LAN and win those. Like they've got to start thinking about their career together. And Rick's Rondo with all that experience can only help that, can't he? Yeah, and uh, I think that all in a while, Gemma just benefiting from the short term and hopefully the long term from having him in that roster. So mm. there you go. Those are the main teams we wanted to focus on here for the uh, tournament roundup. Uh, are there any other ones you want to talk about here before we uh, before we end off things, Bacon? Or? Not really. Like I said, the other ones were right off. Svetch and Eva are playing with a sub. So what else do you really expect when that sub isn't really up to par? Um, Somnim were a big surprise, but their win came at and uh, the cost of another Spanish team. So they should know that team a lot better than others. Georgia Joe have only played one game and that was a loss to quality control. So we'll see how they do. Yeah. So we'll see how they do going up against with my boys, um, which should have been played last week. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, Maybe they've just been delayed to a, a later date, but yeah, Georgia Joe, We'll, we'll make our decision because, again, Group A is a super tough group. And with what's going on with those guys, they should hopefully be really gunning to come up in one of those three spots, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, I just think the things are looking real good uh, in general for them. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's the uh, Rising Stars League, or the Superstar League, I should say, uh, for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to cover even more of that action. In general, we'll just be back to cover even more of the news going into the next week of the Rocket League scene, because we actually have to get out of here. I've got work in about uh, uh, 10 minutes, so uh, probably a good <laughs> yeah, idea if I get the fuck out Two and a half right hour now. broadcast again, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, none of this ever goes to time, okay? Like, you know, we, we, it, it's original, because like, it's, it's, it's great, because in the original pitch, in the original few shows, we were like, right, our hour and a half at best you know um uh, and then just and as time has gone on we just found more and more to talk about and now we just mm-hmm. go three hours on the fucking show so like you know we fucking really really drilled it in and uh hopefully we're, you're all enjoying back at home of course, if you are enjoying the content that you have on the podcast, then of course you can go ahead and check out rrshop.com. We've got even more of that content coming up soon. Uh, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to put a plan in place to get even more articles out very soon. Obviously, we've been a little bit sort of quiet on that front, I think, because a lot of people have been scrambling mm-hmm. to sort their own financial state out because of uh, uh, COVID. Certainly, that's the case for me. You know, like writing was never my first calling, although it will be my last for Rocket League. That much is certainly for certain. So again, rrshop.com. If you want to keep up with all the details and all the news that we're going to be breaking over there. Of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at RL Aftershock. And of course, us on Twitter as well at the Eternal J at Digital Bacon One. And uh, get involved. Let us know if you enjoyed the episode, anything you want to talk about. Of course, we can also be talked about in the Discord as well as on Twitter. Uh, again, the link in the show notes and video description of every single episode of the podcast. We have a lot of, dis- uh, pr- 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 we have a lot of uh, what's it, uh, productive discussions, I think, uh, in <laughs> oh, that yeah. Discord. Uh, certainly a lot more productive than Reddit. Uh, so, you know, if you're tired of Reddit being absolute fucking driven idiots, then of course, you can go ahead and deal with us driveling idiots instead on the private <laughs> discord instead so uh yeah there's also the mailbag section that's going to be coming there uh, as well as that dex is working on community nights so uh, what was it he called it in the discord again um after hours which Aww. i have to say is a fucking genius a idea yeah. it's a brilliant idea so um definitely make sure you're getting involved in that um uh, hopefully my pc will be uh, back in position for that obviously since it just crapped out again today so hey um uh, but you know uh, all the rest of it and of course you can follow the podcast on its regular platforms on youtube video 
their versions. Hopefully, we can return to having actual video rather than just two fucking pictures on a screen. Uh, and of course, the audio versions that are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and most other audio distribution platforms. You can go to angle.fm just to find your favorite platform or request your favorite way to listen. I think it's angle.fm slash RL Aftershock is what I was trying to say there. So. <laughs> That's going to be it for the show this week, my friends. Bacon, any final words from you before we head out for the week? Uh, just with the After Hours stuff, I'd love to get some, like, Formula One evenings. Have you seen some oh, of the God. videos on Twitter from Rocket League players? I want to get that oh, who going is it? right who, now. Who, who, who's the guy? Who's the guy that keeps fucking... Um, Arsky. Arsky. Arsky, he yep. keeps posting those fucking uh, F1 videos of all the pros. And I see speed streaming the other day. Fucking I brilliant I think we game, need dude. to arrange this. And, like, us just Dex. doing bullshit casting over it. I think this needs Dex. to be done. Dex. You know what to do, my man. And on that note, we're going to end. Thank you very much for watching, guys. I've been the Eternal J. It's been Digital Bacon, and we'll see you back here next week for even more of the Aftershock.